the two most successful teams in the UK, millions of fans worldwide, and brought to you by a pair of f***ing wolves. It's the Red Side Rivals Social. Hello there everybody and welcome to the Red Side Rivals Social, where we talk news, banter and debate about Manchester United and Liverpool. My name is Brad, I'm a United fan of this group, and with me as ever is uh, Mr. Lee Boy. Hello everyone. How are you, Mr. Lee Boy? I'm doing very well, mate. Still top of the league, flying high, sleeping well. <laughs> in your, in your, um, Dreaming of LFC lifting that trophy this year. In your year. Liverpool duvet. Yes. <laughs> and face mask. Episode 18 now. 18, mate. The flat, season's flying, isn't it? It is really flying, yeah. We are recording on Halloween, so this is... A spooky special. Well, it is a bit spooky because United are actually winning games, aren't they? It's, <laughs> yeah, that is the spookiest thing. We've won two consecutive away games. Oh, what is going on? What is going on? Also, it was nice of you to come in your uh, fancy dress tonight. Lee's actually got a pumpkin on his head. Oh, um, <laughs> no, that's not actually uh, a pumpkin. That's just sad his face. See, this is not going to get old because my head just keeps increasing in size. The older I get. <laughs> when he does an Instagram story, if you look, there's actually no room around the side. I have to buy a new pillow every every three weeks because my, my head's that heavy, mate. <laughs> Literally pumpkin head. So, if you're uh, new to this, by the way, uh, hello and welcome. This is a Man United and Liverpool-based uh, podcast where we're two best friends that support rival teams. So we just have a bit of a laugh each week and we talk about the clubs, but we bring you all news and debate and stuff from from basically both clubs, but we cover everything within the club. So we don't just do your first team and look at those issues. We look at your women's game and the under-23s as well. So it's a really comprehensive podcast if you're looking to find out information about both clubs and if you like your uh, podcast with a little bit of banter, then it's probably not the one for you because it's terrible banter. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, mate, in a way that we give you a biased view and a non-biased yeah, view. Yeah, there's a good... It's it's. I think the juxtaposition is very good. <laughs> there you go, when you hear words like juxtaposition, so what more do you That's want? the word of the day, so... So, if you're new, hello... We start off every week with news. We cover the news of the week. So, what news have we got this week? I'm going to go first because I've got fresh injury news. Fresh information. One thing is that isn't breaking? fresh is Pogba's foot. What's going on there, though, mate? So, Pogba is currently kept getting told he was coming back in a couple of weeks, back in a couple of weeks. He's been on Instagram in a cast. And, yes, it's, Ollie's finally come out and said it's now going to be December by the looks of it. So it's going to be tough without Pogba. You've been a quick no, but the thing is, he's a, obviously a quality player. Thanks for reaffirming that. But United have played better without him. I don't think we're playing better without him. Yeah, but him. You're, you're getting wins on the board. We've started to hit. Dug out a result against us. We've started to hit a bit of momentum now, yeah, but I don't think that's just down to the fact that Pogba's not there. He's a quality player. I'd, I'd rather have him in there than Fred any day of the week, so. <laughs> It's I just, disagree. The only good thing about it is he's going to come back, what, like start of December? So when you start to hit your run of fixtures, so that'll be good to get him back for that little um, that little period to go run into Christmas. Fingers crossed he's back and he starts to pull some performances and assists and goals out of the bag. I'll just start showing he cares. Well, that'd be nice as well, yeah. <laughs> 
So other news for United is there's a, just a couple of bits of transfer news. So the first one uh, that probably most people know about will be Mandzukic. So I've seen fans on social media and stuff umming and ahhing about this Mandzukic deal. I just feel like why not? Like this guy's a goal scorer. He's proven it at the highest level, and we need options. We need something on the bench. We need squad players. Like you can't just have a bench. As much as I love the kids and how all these bringing the kids through, you can't just have a bench full of kids. No. You need some experience in there as well, and that's really what we're lacking. And if you, you look, a bit of grit, don't you? You do. And when if you look back to the Fergie days, he always used to sign like experienced players in the thirties. That if you look back at like Teddy Sheringham and Larson and uh, Veron, even Lauren Blanc, he brought him in like for a short space of time that are going to really help you through like tough periods with the experience yeah, yeah. that they've got. So um, I just think that'll be an absolutely brilliant signing. When you look at like when we had Fellaini, I know like he got slated a lot, but if, a you, if, you, if your game wasn't going well, you throw Fellaini on towards the end and it just changes the dimension. Nobody likes him, he was just a dirtbag. Right? He was a horrible, horrible player, but the amount of times Mourinho threw him on and then you just start lofting. He was just effective when he gave you a different dimension. Right? Knockdown, just gives you a plan B, doesn't it? So I think he's nowhere near as good as Bobby Firmino, but he's very similar in Mandzukic. Where he runs the channels, he'll chase all the balls down, he'll run behind the defence. He'll well, just offer something different for well, you, He's 33 now, so probably not. <laughs> but he's an animal. He's, yeah. he's got like a nasty nasty side to him. I think yeah, that's he, something United need. Yeah, bit, he is, he is a, spy, a nasty bastard, yeah. So his transfer fee is rumoured to be 4.6 million, which is it's nothing. It's a bargain, United are apparently debating the fact that they want it to, to pay one at all because he hasn't played a minute of football under Sarri. And he's apparently rumoured to be wanting to... He's got he's on 300 grand a week. Jesus. And apparently he's willing to obviously reduce that wage bill. So BBC are reporting it's a done deal, but then a lot of other media are saying that it's basically virtually done. So... I'd like to see... Is that in January or summer? January, yeah. I'd like to see a double. Emre Chan and Mandzukic coming out of Juve. I would. Sick. I do not want to see Emre Chan really there at all. <laughs> Both of them have not been in the Champions League. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him back at Anfield, but at the same time, you don't want him wearing that horrible shirt, mate. That would be horrible for you, though. It would have... Because I guarantee he'd score against us. It's like Paul, Paul Lintz when he did it to us, were you? Yeah. Horrible bastard. It's just horrible. It's unforgivable. You never want to see like a, a previous player of yours wearing a United shirt. Mike yeah. Lowen. Like, he's now one of the most hated men at Anfield, isn't he? Yeah, probably because he won a Premier League with us. <laughs> it's year this year. <laughs> and then the other one was, um, I know he's obviously been linked with Liverpool as well, but Jaden Sancho. Apparently, United are willing to meet the demands of Dortmund on the transfer fee, which is rumoured to be 100 million. I don't know if it's euros or maybe pounds that I would imagine more euros yeah yeah so 100 mil apparently United are willing to meet that that's according to the mirror so we will see yeah so how old is he like 22 he's yeah he's like he's probably around 22 yeah he's but like he's he's starting to prove himself internationally isn't he he's getting into the England squad he's had two or three good seasons solid seasons at Dortmund and I think he he's now fed up of German football I think he wants to come back to the Premier League doesn't he yeah so for me he's like he fits straight into our model in a sense, like he's a winger, come striker, isn't he? Yeah. He can run behind, he can replace Mane or Salah off the bench as an impact player. But inevitably, I think United need him more. So I, I couldn't see us paying 100 million for him. Plus, you, you think you might be getting Mbappe, don't you? Because of this The rumours are starting to fly around, don't they? Yeah. It happens. So when, let's not get you, carried away. Because there was a rumour about, obviously, because you'll get into it in a minute, but this night deal, there's a rumours that. Mbappe would go as part of the night deal with the sponsorship deal and there was rumours when Ronaldo was leaving Madrid that 
he would have come back to United if United still had Nike because obviously Ronaldo's Nike. Yeah. But apparently they must have was, a big saying, a I think. A, that was a bit of a stopping point in the deal. So that's why he ended up ultimately going to, to Juve. So. We'll have to see, mate, because like I say, it's like if he came in. Would you rather Mbappe or Sancho? Mbappe, Would you hear yeah. that? It's like I've seen him play twice at Anfield in the last couple of years with PSG. And like in the last game, he didn't do anything for like, I'd say, 60 minutes, but when he turned it on, he was electric, mate. Job rapid, yeah. skillful, good finisher, and he just had more depth to our squad. Imagine yeah. him and the three we've already got. Oh, it'd be really You could put Mbappe through the middle with Salah Mane and drop Firmino in the hole. The only problem you've got is that would just be the most dangerous strike force in, the, in Europe, Sorry. if not the world. What would you play all four of them? I play all four, mate, because like Bobby can drop in, can't he? Well, he's he not scared of sacrifice. He plays deep, doesn't anyway, he? Yeah. He prefers. He's more comfortable collecting the ball and creating chances for the front two. But Mbappe's not going to lead a line, but, is he? Put Salah up there. Salah can play through the middle. No, you'd have to Salah. No, not a chance. Not a chance. Can you look at the tinker money? Tinker, tinker, tinker. Can you imagine that? Mbappe on the right, man in the left. Salah through the middle and Firmino, mate. Absolutely daft. That's like fancy football world, like. But it's daft. Yeah, it would be daft. Even if that was our only major sign in the summer, mate, you'd be made up. Yeah, it would be. Well, you've signed no one this summer, so. No, well, we made a few, like. Yeah, well, no one of things. No mad thing, me. Other bit of news for us. This broke towards the beginning of last week and it should really be in the last podcast, to be honest with you. But I wanted to get a bit more information about it. So obviously there's been murmurs about this United takeover deal. So Mohammed bin Salaman is on about buying 91% of United shares, which would give him the controlling amount of shares. So he would then be the new owner of the, the club. So I've just got a bit of information about it before we really talk about the, the pros and cons, really. So he's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and he's next in line to the throne, basically. So um, he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> he's also the uh, runner of the Saudi Aramco company, which obviously deals in fuel, all the petroleum and stuff like that. His net worth is uh, he's got a three billion pound estate, and um, his family name estate is worth 1.4 trillion Jesus that's ridiculous that's man, ridiculous mate like that's oil money for you that because it's all Saudi Arabia and a lot of the Middle East is all just oil rich yeah, isn't yeah. it it's just all oil money so that's how much money he could potentially bring in it puts him only third though on the rich list in terms of Premier League owners there's Sheikh Mansur top then there's is he from Saudi is I don't know if he's from he Saudi he's a sheikh so he might be Dubai or is UAE Dubai? Yeah, I think he's actually Dubai isn't he like yeah, yeah. then you've got Abramovich second then it, it would be him say he took over just be, just in front of Stan Kroenke and then I think it's uh, Wolves manager after that so then it went down there was a top nine that I saw on Glazers I don't even wearing the why not even the top ten are no. oddly though the, what I saw was a top nine so maybe you might have come in there Fenway at, at 10 but they, they put a lot of their money into the actual um, Boston Red Sox don't they yeah yeah we're like a second hobby to them well it's like Glazers but they're running the club very Tampa well Bay so I'm not complaining yeah Tampa Bay Buccaneers isn't it with the Glazers they put a lot of money into that they take money out of United to put into that horrible yeah so uh, that puts him third as I was saying so there's quite a lot of positives and negatives about it like I said I'll get into the pros and cons now of it so like obviously it, on face value it'd be great wouldn't it like, it's fancy football somebody, heavy mate it, football manager heavy just be able to go you've got X, whatever you want money wise you've got it but I don't know you've got a like, shopping list it's free go and buy whatever you want when they come in they want results don't they they want to see results maybe away. not the first season definitely second season did be expecting the Premier League the Champions League yeah League Cup everything money 
Yeah, I think they would, to be honest. And then, like, that's when you start to, like, axe managers and, and does it make your club look a bit of a joke then? Do you know like Chelsea. I mean? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, winning Premier Leagues and sacking managers, that's what Chelsea are all about. Because I suppose, like, that's, that, as much as we both, like, criticise City, yeah. that's one thing they don't do. They're not one for, like, dropping the manager, like, after a season. Like, well, not now. Mancini got, was not like, now I think he pep. was probably the only one that's really been banished. That was Pellegrini. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that was in the early days, wasn't it? Whereas well, Pellegrini was when they said to him, Pep's coming in next season. And he had no yeah, choice. he had no choice. Whereas like Pep has been, he's obviously one of the world's best. He's given time. Whereas he's not delivered the Champions League, they? but they're not like panicking and saying, you must win it this year. Because they know they can't get anybody better. Well, they can't. They've peaked there. So it's like, That's why we can't wait for Pep to go. You just never, what all I'm trying to say is you just never know with them, do you? Like, no. If you get one that just wants results and then... Because I feel like, I really do feel like as much criticism as I might get for this, and a lot of people do criticise the United's model at the minute, I just feel like they really are trying to build something here for the long term and they just don't want someone to come in. and like, It's almost like I'd rather stick it out and do and put the grind in and do it the hard way rather than do it this way. I think it'd, it'd, it'd be a good thing to get a huge investor because it inevitably allows you to do so much oh, more with your youth. You yeah. can continue putting money into the youth, the women's football. Oh, the city's what they've done. The first team. But I think like one thing that I'd be anxious about is that you don't want somebody coming in that knows nothing about football yeah. and expects everything. Well, you want someone saying, you yeah. want someone to come in and go, right, I'm gonna do what in, you want to do, invest, I'll put the money, I'll put the money in. into yeah, it. Yeah. I'm gonna get somebody that knows this club inside out, like Rio or someone. Yeah. That can be um, what's the term they use these days for um, mentor type thing. No, it's like um, sporting director, is it? Oh, yeah, like a director of football. That's the director of director, football. Yeah. So, like, you maybe need someone like him that knows United. He's won trophies. He knows the Premier League inside yeah, out. Let, let me He's on TV. Yeah, yeah. Let me run things with somebody else that's a good businessman. Yeah. I like, can run the business. I'll run the football side of well, it. And ideal. then he can, he can be the go-between between the manager and the owner and say, look, we need the this is the who he wants. This is who I think we should buy, and this is for the benefit of how United are as a club. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if he comes in, goes right, there's twenty players going win the title. Yeah. It's never gonna work, is it? I know. Well, this is it. It's always dodgy. Like, and obviously you get because he's obviously from Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of negative connotations with Saudi Arabia in terms of things like funding wars or things like that. In particular, this um, bin um, Mohammed bin Salman. There's there's rumours about him that he actually instigated wars in like Yemen and Syria and rumours of torture. So it's dirty money. Yeah, like there's that as well. So I don't know what to think. I'd love it at the same time. I wouldn't. I don't know. But <laughs> one thing it I, is what it is. I feel sad about it in a way that if you look at the owners in the Premier League, I don't think there's one. English owner there's no one that owns the clubs anymore that actually sorry I can't think no like personally care about it if that makes sense yeah, there's no yeah. like personal attachment to it like anymore it's like their own like type thing like Peter Moore used to be like I think he was a scout so he owned that club and cared so much about it but he got to the point where he couldn't afford couldn't to take, take it any anymore. further yeah so I think those type of owners are just disappearing it's really sad yeah no it to is see. Yeah, I know and this is the thing because so. the Premier League is like a big engine now isn't it yeah but we'll see what happens Richard Arnold who's the company director's gone out there and he's been pictured with him holding a holding like a Saudi Arabia shirt up with the Richard Arnold wrote on it it's like cringy as fuck <laughs> so he's out there now trying to hash out a deal so I don't know it's better than the Glazer man yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only positive you can take yeah, out of it, this, it this is it I mean is it, I mean uh, we'll go into the, if there's any more news on it we'll bring you the news and As we'll, it we'll debate it a bit more then but yeah that's uh, so that's rumoured to it's definitely something's happening with it as I say because Richard Arnold's out there now with him so we will see and then 
last bit of United news from me before we move on to your boys is um, obviously from the weekend, United were the first Premier League team to score 2,000 Premier League goals. That's a massive achievement, mate. Come on, United. Huge. Yeah, but like, how long did it take to get there, there recently? Premier League. You probably scored about 1,800. Probably scored the majority. Then, we scored, we've only scored 1,900. In the last 200, it's been the last 10 years. Yeah, we were. Last season and this season in particular, we took a massive dip in goal scoring. You're so, not kidding. Yeah, we know. So, That's a huge issue, mate. Is that, are you the only side to do that in yeah. English football history, yeah, yeah. not just Premier League, like in general? It, well, it's Premier League. First one to score 2,000 Premier League goals. Huge achievement. We're not too far behind you, let's be fair, mate. Oh, here he goes. He's got a <laughs> Mr. Statman, he's come prepared just in case you're going to throw that out there. Like right stats on his skin before he goes to bed. <laughs> I mean, would you say we've got them, mate? It's so like 1,800 or something. It's very close. Shit. Very, very close. 1,797. Oh, mate, that was fucking... So I, I believe in the next four years we'll overtake you from that 2,000. Fuck off. You're 200 like... goals. Yeah. This year we're going to probably score at close, at least close to 90, I reckon, yeah. in the Premier League this year. So you do that every season. And you've still got four years. So that's one seven nine seven. No, that's we're only two hundred away from two thousand. That's if we score no goals. <laughs> well, you, you're only scoring what seven so far this year. <laughs> <laughs> so if you average things out in three years, we'll overtake you. Well, mate, listen, we scored, mass, we mass, scored, mass. We scored three against Norwich. Calm yourself down. Yeah, but when you come against the big boys, it's like, oh, let's keep a clean sheet. Park the boss. <laughs> well, as soon as you've had Anyways. a lot of input, you might as well go into your news, eh? Go on. Shut you up. <laughs> Johnny Five Alive, input. <laughs> input. So the first thing I want to really go into, mate, is just fixture news, really. Fixture um, news, eh? Fixture news. So it's not the first team, it's um, the first one is coming from the women's game. Oh, yes. So Liverpool it. ladies have announced that the Merseyside Derby is going to be played at Anfield yes. on the 17th of November, which is a huge thing, really. Yeah, it is. Eh? It's like it would be good to see the women's game being played at the, the home yeah, no, it'd be good. The home of English football. See if they can break the, the attendance for United. The proper theatre of dreams. Oh, you just dissociated your own stadium. You no, know, what I'm saying is like, yours dreams. is no longer the theatre of dreams. Like <laughs> no, they won't be. I don't like that. See, I'll take it back. So yeah, it's one, it's one of those where it's going to obviously highlight and bring more it's attention to the game, game itself, it? isn't yeah. it? I'm playing such a playing. such a, a good environment. Yeah, it was good. I went to the Etihad on the Instagram story. Have a look uh, for the opening game when we played City, and it was it was good. You know what I mean? Like it's good for the girls to play there, where the first team plays because really the match you win a game. It is like if you don't get up for playing at Anfield. Well, this then is you might just yeah, quit. This is what I said about the <laughs> Liverpool game for us. But yeah, no, yeah. So so that that's exciting. I'm actually going to go as well. So um, I bought some tickets over day. I, I encourage those that haven't bought any to go. It's only a fiver. It's like go support the ladies go support your, your city and enjoy some football for a fiver what yeah. more do you want oh really good so like I've like to touch on to that as well I might be able to bring you some exciting news off the back of that in yeah. a few weeks we've got we're, something in the pipeline haven't we we don't want to say too much about it just in case we've been home we're trying to rustle up some magic aren't we yeah we've got to just dot the i's and cross the t's on that but just watch this space we might have something coming and hopefully we'll announce something on Instagram yeah, and the podcast the socials like and, soon yeah, yeah uh, that's exciting so the other bit of fiction news, mate, is Liverpool have also announced that they're going to be playing a Legends game in March next year against Barcelona. 
Love these Legends games, don't they? They do, mate. They seem to do really well, though. They always sell out. And it's yeah. good to see some of the ex-pros. Like, a lot of them, like, surprised they've kept themselves in shape, aren't they? I would, mate, though, if I was a professional like, Especially the modern days one. Like, Fernando Torres has been announced as one of the key ones that's been going to be playing for Liverpool. So I think I'm going to go to that as well. I'm going to get my old man some tickets for Christmas. Oh, you said you're going to get your dad yeah. some tickets. Sorry if he's listening. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you won't be, because my dad's a dinosaur, mate. Yeah. So yeah, he is I'm going to go to that as well. £25 ticket, bargain, mate. Have you seen, just speaking on about the professionals, um, like keeping the shelf in shape, so Wesley Schneider retired last season. Have you seen the size of him already? No. Oh my God, Why is he beasted up? He's like, beasted up. He's like fat, Ronaldo. He's fat as fuck. Has he gone to the extreme of takeaways? Yeah. <laughs> mate, Wesley Schneider has let himself go, mate. Yeah, so like, over news, mate, moving on from the old fixtures, is obviously Liverpool have um, announced this week, well, over the last... Yeah. couple of days that um, they've won the court battle with New Balance so obviously New Balance were kicking up a massive fuss and obviously wanted to you know, like retain refusal, didn't they? Like, yeah. yeah they wanted to retain obviously the honour of um, sponsoring our, this massive club because obviously it's financially rewarding for them but I think Liverpool inevitably have tried to move away from it because they just can't handle the su- supply and demand like last year's shirt sold out and it took them ages to get them back in stock didn't the keeper? You're this shirt, yeah. Shirt. I was after a keeper shirt. So yeah. before the season kicked off, there was a massive, obviously, flux of people buying the shirt. Because of the Champions League, and yeah, yeah. So obviously they sold out, and they said they made a promise that they were going to bring it back, and they never did. It's even now it's still out of stock online at the club store and in all sports shops. So, for a big Premier League team. So I think that's why Liverpool have obviously decided to part company with them, and obviously Nike are a massive brand, and obviously will bring so much more money into the club. So and as they all went to court and they won the battle. So go. I think from next year, 2021, well, Nike is the main sponsor. It's not actually been officially confirmed yet. I mean, no, there, there are other contenders, but yeah, so. so you can pretty much choose who they want for next year. So, yeah. so a durable kick coming your way, mate. <laughs> well, you've beat me to it there, mate. So what I was just going to say is we've had an actual, like, had an email in um, from Greg in response to, he must have heard the news about obviously the Nike deal, knew we were going to obviously <laughs> talk about it. And uh, he says... Hopefully he's looking forward to wearing a durable replica kit next season. Well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll actually we'll actually buy one and we'll do a test. We'll do a wash test. So just a football test that, that actually training we go to and you can pull it. Do a wash test. It's not the Daz doorstep <laughs> challenge. So if people are listening to this and you're not going to clue what this is about, a few episodes ago, like when it first came in, so it's probably like episode eight or something like that around there. Lee was talking about the pros and cons of <laughs> Nike because Nike were coming in and he got a bit excited about Nike. And one of the pros that he gave of Nike taking over Liverpool was that they have a really durable kit. <laughs> so uh, obviously when Lee buys kits, he puts one sleeve in a vice, the other sleeve in a vice and just, just tugs them. them. And then he's like, tugs them, mate. yeah, that's, that's durable enough for me. <laughs> I'll take two of those, thanks. I think the only thing I'll take negatively towards Nike is like, this, they do so much generic kits, do you know what I mean? It's like, if you look across Europe, they're a huge kit maker, but they all inevitably look the same. It's like, I want them to do something different. Do you want to not well, associate ourselves with other Nike kits? Like, do something different with us. Do you want me to sway you now? I'll make you love Nike now by telling you one thing. So next season, you're awake, it has the Air Jordan badge on it. What, have you actually seen that as a concert no, kit? No, but what if it has Oh, that? what if it has That's just like unbelievable, isn't it? Well, there you go then. Yeah, that's a sound in itself, isn't it? PSG's away has the Air Jordan on it, doesn't it? Yeah, and then obviously they've gone back to the old school Nike sound as well. With the Nike with the tick underneath is a bit sick, in it? So. Yeah. Plus, so, it's a global, global brand as well. Nike. Which is like, we're, you so we're so, like we've got such a huge following now around the world as of United. Well, like in Asia, Australia, America. 
So like it's it's only a winner winner chocolate dinner for me, mate. Isn't it? Chocolate know? dinner. <laughs> it's not chicken dinner here. Chocolate dinner. Halloween made the treats are out tonight. <laughs> nice, nice Halloween <laughs> reference. This guy, I tell you what, surprised me all the time. He surprised you all the time. <laughs> chocolate <dinner>. Silla. <laughs> yeah, so like other news, mate, associated with all things Liverpool is transfer news, really. So yeah. obviously we touched on Mbappe. That obviously that would just be amazing if that was happening with this night deal. But um, some other news is that Lovren's been linked again with a move away in January oh, no. with AC Milan. So obviously he's featured quite a lot recently, which has annoyed me. But obviously <laughs> with um, Matip being out injured, I think he's out for six weeks there, Linda's has said recently. Shit. So it's a knee injury. They're not really confirmed how bad it is or what's caused it. But it's obviously he's obviously suffering really badly with it. So they're obviously going to see to it, make sure he's okay to bring him back, not rush him. You're going to be good. Well, yeah, he's been amazing. Mate. Like I'm not going to dive go into it. Apart from the United game, he's been like at, as strong as you like at the back with um, Van Dijk. Can he? They made a good partnership. Yeah, but I think inevitably, Lovren's been playing. But it's like I said at the big. I think in our first two podcasts, I said that it made no sense financially to sell Lovren. I know he's only got a year to run his contract. He's an option, isn't he? Yeah. So like. Sell him 15 million, have no option, or just lose him for like five yeah. million or for free in a year's time. It was a no brainer. So, for me, is if you've got Gomez, you've got the young Van der Berg who can step in, whoever you've got, um, Gomez, the midget Gomez, yeah, yeah, really yeah. Started, and then Matip. So, you've got four choices there that could inevitably come into the side and step in. So, if Lovren goes for a decent fee in January, so be it. He is playing well to be fair at the moment, but for me, there's um, like touching on to something else, really, is Gomez is. Apparently, well, it's, it's probably his agent, isn't it, pushing for a move. Has been talking about his um, frustration at lack of first team football at the moment. So he's been fit now for probably about eight weeks, and he's featured in the cup competitions, coming off the bench during the last ten minutes. But he's not really been starting, so I think he's getting a bit frustrated not starting. But for me, he's like one of our best up and coming centre backs. He's like he's always around the England squad, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's, he's brilliant on the ball. Though. He's good in the air. He's he's comfortable. He's very good with Van Dyke. He's only like 24, I think, as well. well so it, it, it does well. make no sense in Liverpool selling him for no matter what money it is. Even if Spurs or Arsenal, who reported with him, what? selling what? him for 100 million, it doesn't make any sense to the club because like, he's going to be our answer to a centre-back partnership with Van Dijk for the next five, six years and then he'll be the replacement for Van Dijk, won't he? Why would he leave Learn him off the best? when Matip's out now? So surely now the obvious thing to do would just be you just stick Gomez in now. And then that becomes your centre back pairing. Yeah, one is obviously homegrown as well, but he's like he's amazing, mate. He's like if Van Dyke wasn't there, he'd probably be our best centre back. Is that's, he underrated? That's a, is he underrated? No, he's not underrated. Oh, he's not underrated. Damn it! What I'm saying is could like have been another one there added to the. Underrated. I think he could walk into any of the top six teams centre back for me. I'd take him all day. Over like United, off. he could walk in, couldn't he? Yeah. Spurs are saying. Could go in if he wanted. <laughs> City Stones isn't exactly that strong, is he? John Stones. You've got Otamendi. He could walk into City's defence, can he? So I think for me, it'd be a stupid decision for the club to sell him. I really rate him. I think Klopp really rates him. And I think it's just one of those, it's that time of year where agents are trying to push for a move or trying to get yeah, the, the player back into the squad. You get a lot of that and you get a lot of tabloids as well reporting loads of nonsense as well. So like, I wouldn't really buy anything to it. I think... And obviously he looks happy enough when you see pitched in training. And so I think it just makes no sense to sell him, mate. He's a quality player and he's our future. Other transfer news is we're being linked again with Werner. Tim oh, Werner, 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 yeah, yeah um, RB Leipzig. So we've been linked with him for like the last 18 months. I think um, he's in the last year of his contract. 
So there's talk of obviously that the club are trying to flash out a deal in January to bring him in, which would obviously add depth and strength to our strike force to push on for the back end of the season to go for the league. Because that's what we're going for this year, if you didn't know. <laughs> so that's a bit of transfer news. Obviously, if we get any more on that, I'll bring it in yeah. this podcast. But it's, the rumours are be, circulating again. Now yeah, now yeah. And January. It's getting that t- stage of the season, isn't it? Yeah. Then one final bit of transfer news is obviously James Milner has come out saying he wants to stay and have a new contract at Anfield. Whereas there was um, rumours that he wasn't signing a new contract. He was going to see out this contract and go to Leeds next year if they were right. promoted. But obviously that's not a guarantee. And I think he's obviously seen how much this team's improving and moving forward. That It makes no sense for him to go to Leeds. Just stay where you are. Yeah. Um, educate all these young players. Like you said, touched on with United, you've got no one of experience that can educate all these young players going through yeah, yeah. and offer the experience and guidance. And I really rate him, mate. I know you don't. No, no, I think he's a workhorse. I just think it's funny that he... Mr. Miserable. He's, just, he's safe, isn't he? He just looks shit, doesn't he? But he just puts in an absolute shift every game oh. and celebrates with a Ribena every night. <laughs> That's actually in his contract. Every clean sheet is a Ribena. <laughs> so, is that you done for Liverpool news? Yeah, it's me done, mate, for Liverpool. Right, I'll things. just jump on uh, a couple of things that are non-United and Liverpool related as we do in the news. So... We've obviously been talking a lot about VAR over the last uh, podcast and then there's obviously some issues with it. There's loads of issues with it, hasn't there, recently with over loads of games. And there's obviously been a few talking points from game week 10 as well that we'll get onto with the VAR. So actually the Referees um, Commission have actually agreed to meet with the Premier League chairman and actually discuss the failings or, or what to do with VAR going forward. And that's going to be on the 14th of November. So It's very interesting. Isn't yeah, it? it's 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 good to see that they're doing it. It's just that I think Sam Allardyce made a really good point on it when he was talking about it on TalkSport. He was saying, like, with no disrespect to chairman, why are they not speaking to the LMA and getting the managers involved who are down there, pitch side, and can see what's going on more so? Because all the chairman are going to do is speak to the refs. The refs, then the chairman are going to relay their information to the managers and the <coughs> this team so why not just get it straight from the horse's mouth and take the managers there it's like for me I think yeah involve the chairman because obviously they own the clubs but why don't you like you say get the managers involved and even the captains yeah, yeah, because the captains yeah. are the ones that speak to the referees and the ones that get all the frustration yeah, from their actual teammates the aren't they, call, aren't they? The captains, so yeah. they can get a collective view of all the players in the squad go to this meeting express the team's opinion their opinion well, what's working banish the rest of it to the end of the season keep some of it and then go to the actual supporters clubs and ask, ask the fans what they think of it. I don't think they'll ever let fans get involved in VAR or anything that the FA decides. So, because it it's ruined the match of the fans as well, not just the players. Yeah, yeah. But we've obviously talked deep about VAR in the last episode, but we'll bring you anything from that meeting on the 14th of November. Another bit is that Bulgaria have been charged for the racist remarks in the international break when they played England. You say charged? <laughs> I say charged. Use that term loosely. Jesus. So they've been lightly slapped on the bum. Yeah, not even that. They've just probably pulled the pants down and then said, "Go on, go on, get off." Oh, is it in yet? <laughs> what are they doing after they pull the pants down? <laughs> Christ! Don't walk in on the room and leasing with the Bulgarian <laughs> FA people. So Bulgaria have charged. Bulgaria been charged, sorry, with a £64,000 fine and the two games to be played behind closed doors, one of which is suspended. So that won't even so one. So basically <laughs> the other one is, if you're naughty again, that's when that one comes into. It's a joke, mate. Yeah. It's, 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 it basically just said there, 
here you go, we've just punished your fans. Yeah, but not, it's like, it doesn't, make, that it doesn't rectify, that it doesn't make, his, it makes that, them even more angry and more determined to do it. Yeah, that doesn't make Bulgaria, that doesn't make Bulgaria deal with the issue. No. That just punishes them for what's happened. So when they've paid the money, the, the game from behind closed doors is finished, it continues again. That doesn't stop Bulgaria from doing it. They should send an official out from UEFA and say, and be like, right, I used to work for, uh, for Asda, right, in Asda management, and if you you got scored against all of the stores in your region, and if you were shit, you used to get a visit from a guy up in head office that would come, and it'd be all battle stations, and then he'd come down and he'd see why you were so shit on your scores, and he'd want to know what you were going to do to make it better. So why that UEFA can't do something like that, right? Bulgaria are bottom of their table for yeah, this yeah. because they've been fucking seen and heard on national TV. Quite a few times, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They've done it before. So why not send an official out and be like, I want to see now what steps you're making to sort this out. Here's the date it's got to be done by and sort it out. Otherwise, you're coming out of fucking the competition. Not just, here's a fine and none of genuine fans can now go and watch you at home. Stupid, that, isn't it? And it's mad, he's like, what I don't get as well is that all these people that were racist and completely out of order, yeah. all the faces are visible on TV, so why is no one being prosecuted well, this for this is it? what I mean. Like, why are they not saying, like, those are basically the people, prosecute them. And for a start, Bulgaria, if we see them in there again... Then you'll, fuck, get, you get, you'll get suspended yeah. from international tournaments. For, yeah, yeah. And, then if, you, and then if you do it again after that... You're not playing the World Cup. You, you can't qualify for the next two tournaments, do you? And eventually, they will do something about it. They'll put some money and investment in stopping it from happening. Because it's not just a football problem, it's a society problem. If you don't get to the root cause, then you're never going to stop it. Like, true. What's making you want to do this? Yeah. It's not acceptable. I mean, something needs to happen more stern than that, because that's pathetic. Because you want to do it in a workplace, you want to do it at home. Why are you doing it at football matches? Exactly. For, for that punishment, seems like as if it was like rumoured racism or... Yeah, we know they said it, but we couldn't really prove it. Or that this is a charge for fucking blatant racism. Yeah, you can see like the Nazi salutes and stuff. You could hear it on the telly. Yeah. So yeah, that's just pathetic, and they need to change the stance on that. They've got this no no to racism. Well, obviously they're saying it's alright, really, for yeah. me there. So we'll move on from that though, and hopefully we won't bring you any um, any more about the racism going forward. But I guarantee there will be. And then just the last bit of news that's non-related is um, in the women's football this week, it's been the first round draw for the women's FA Cup. So don't worry, we're not in it. None of the WSL teams are in there. It's just like real low down teams. So that's uh, kicked off now. So we'll see. I don't think that commences till after the winter break. So for for the likes of us, because they have a little winter break, the women. It's like January, is it? Yeah, over Christmas and that, so... Yeah, that's that's everything from me from news. Let's move on then, mate. Let's move right. into the Let's old... go into the reviews then. Under 23 time. I'll go first day. Go for it, mate. I, it for, I can't remember what day it was we played. It was either Friday or Monday, but um, I think it was the Friday. Yeah, it was the Friday. Yeah, so we had Stroke Titty, as I said last week. <laughs> or Stoke City, as it's known Stroke to everybody City. else in the world. Yeah, we hosted Stoke City at Lee Sports Village. A really, really big change to the side, actually. A lot of the first team young lads that were in there from the under-23s originally, so the likes of Greenwood, Gomez and Chong, they all dropped back into the under-23 squad. He just made that under-23 squad look absolutely formidable. He had a front line of Greenwood, Gomez behind him, and then Chong on the left and Damani Meller on the right, who's been leading the line. I was like, shit, that is... 
that is a good good side there. If James Garner was in there as well, that would have been even better. But Dylan Levitt was in there, who slotted into his position so well. And if you listen to the last podcast against Swansea, I think he did really good. So also Ted and Mengi that I mentioned again in the Swansea game, I mentioned that like he went down randomly after not really being touched and. He basically collapsed onto the floor, looked in loads of pain. Basically, it yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was a rib problem. It's something wrong with his ribs. He took a knock into the ribs, so maybe he just Which got badly winded or something. Yeah. So um, I think it was just a, a case of really bad winding. You need winding like a baby. <laughs> Bill and James at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking hell, run into the wall of his BVD. <laughs> Which is Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so he was back in the starting lineup. so obviously it wasn't that uh, serious. So straight from the get-go, it was United just relentless, really. It was Stoke um, actually play some nice footy, really. And they can knock it about a little bit, but it was just United was just relentless. It was mad. Sixth minute comes and the first goal goes on the on the board. Counter attack from Deshaun Bernard, sliding tackle. They have their, their strikers through on goal. Sliding tackle just takes it off him. I'm having that. Uh, and Goy it is. He takes it off and Goy. Plays it out to the uh, right back who's Laird, who I don't really mention much, but he's, he's decent as well. He plays it into Damani Meller, who just plays defence splitting ball into Laird again, who runs in, we're on the counter attack, and plays a plays a cross into the box, straight across, and Greenwood's on the end of it, kind of like it's it, falls over, but gets it in, in. So Greenwood again back on the score sheet. And then again, it was just us going forward. In the end of the game, we had twenty-two shots on. Uh, we had twenty-two shots and uh, twelve on target, Jeez. which is ridiculous. Really, it just shows That's how much. Same for the, that level. It just shows how much we were we were going at them. And then in the thirty-sixth minute, though, they hit us on on a rare counter attack, and they carve us up a little bit. To be honest, soaking up some pressure from us, and then they hit us. And there's a ball played in behind our defence to Jarvis, who basically. Similar to the, our first goal, he puts it in across the box, but he's actually in the box as he does it. Uh, and then it's sidey-footed. Sidey-footed. Then it's sidey-footed. It's just left there, and he's side-footed <laughs> in by a kid into the bottom right-hand corner. And it's 1-1 then. It's a big shock, really. No one really knows how that's happened. So we go in at half-time, 1-1, which you wouldn't even have thought possible. So then we come out second half and it, they go out with a bit of intent then. So 51st minute comes and, and Gomez gets a goal. It's, it's a, a proper nice goal as well. So Chong, who's just been up and down that wing all game, running at people, committing forwards, does the same. He runs down, gets into the box, throws a ball in. And Stoke have got a few back. We've not really hit him on the counter-attack here. It's just Chong just ran, took on, a, took on his man. Throws a ball in and Damani Meller and Gomez are in there. Throws it in, Damani Mello just lays it off to Gomez, one touch, doof. Comes, comes down, Gomez with his touch brings it down to the ground and kind of like fakes his shot, pulls it to the side of a defender who dives in on him and then just angles his body, turns, opens his body up and right foots it into the top right hand corner. Yeah. It was just a fucking brilliant goal, it was such a good goal. He's he's really good and we just it's a shame that we haven't seen that for the first team, Gomez out. How good and on the ball he is. I don't think it helps because he plays like in Europa League where the team's so changed and stuff like that. So then on oh I don't know when it was. Then not long after that we get um we get a penalty basically. Chong again, he's driving down the left hand side, gets in front of his man and he commits the foul. 
Gomez steps up and he hits it. Bottom right-hand corner, the keeper, Nooker, I think his name is, makes a proper good save. It's right right down on the ground. When I seen it again, it actually wasn't as far in the corner as what I thought it was, but it was, he still got to get down yeah. to it. Like So he had a decent save. Uh, then Ramazzani who's been playing and I'm really a fan of Ramazzani he's, he obviously got left out because when you've got like so Chong and Greenwood coming back into the side he, he has to sc- drop back onto the bench so he comes on in the 60th minute and then 63rd minute he's on the score sheet so they've got a corner the corner comes in it, it's cleared it's hoofed out basically and it's a nightmare from Stoke to be honest but it comes over defender Cardinal Sin lets it bounce doesn't he <laughs> never let it bounce it bounces goes over him then Ramazani runs in behind him, grabs it, picks it up. Then the keeper comes out, flies out of his box. He's out of his box, tries to slide Ramazani. Ramazani just dinks it one touch round him, runs round the other way. Feet a triangle. Desperation. Yeah, just runs round. Sweeper keeper. Yeah, that, but out of his box. I don't know why. He was doing a fucking Loris Carrius, I think. <laughs> no and, that uh, so, like I say, Ramazani just like dinks it round him and then he's just slots it into the open goal. Nice. Um, and that's how it finished, to be honest. 3-1. I mean, I'd be here all day if I talked about all the shots and chances we had on target, but it was just a really assured performance from United. The under 23s performing really well, aren't they? Yeah, and just West Ham, it's unfortunate. West Ham aren't dropping any points either. So they've still got that from when we got beat. They've still got that, that um, cushion on us. So <laughs> we're still sitting second um, with a, a game to West Ham to look forward to whenever we play them. We need to, we need to beat them. But next up for the under 23s is Middlesbrough. So I can see us if we continue to play like this with another win there is that in the league or cup that's in the league we've got the good to mention actually in the leasing.com trophy which is obviously the EFL trophy we've got Doncaster away so we'll we'll see how we get on there because we've been doing well in that as well so that's the 23s how uh, how are we saying have you kept your winning well you actually won a game didn't you <laughs> we actually won a game against Wolves didn't we the other week yeah. so we won 4-3 an impressive performance by the boys but um, it's very much changed side mate to be quite honest we had no recognised strikers playing up front from the 23s you had no strikers no like recognised we had um, Jones oh, so just like random ones he's like Jones is more of a winger right. um, Kane and Longstaff all play a part of the front three like um, the likes of Brewster and stuff are all rested because obviously they've got oh, the Carabao League. Cup coming up yeah League Cup coming up yeah so um, it was a very much changed side so it, there were still some strong players like um, that featured Keller played who's the young Irish goalkeeper in net Chiavella played who always seems to be part of our academy but never gets really a chance in the first team the Spanish lad Dixon Bonner who's featured quite a lot for the under 23s this season Christy Davies was back and like I say Longstaff Kane and Jones featured obviously Jones the captain so it was a goalless draw mate away as well at home side to, um, to Blackburn Rovers so <laughs> it was pretty much a, a bit of a dull affair on our, on our part to be honest not really impressive whatsoever we didn't really offer anything going in forward in the final third and to be honest it was the goalkeeper that saved us Keller pulled off some really good saves early in the first half Blackburn had a goal disallowed and then the second half it was pretty much the same mate we, we didn't offer anything going forward we had a lot of possession and they kept the ball quite well played a lot of passes nicely in, the, in our half but just didn't offer anything going forward so I think a draw was a fair reflection really to be honest absolute bore off absolute bore off it was that bad it wasn't even on any, Liverpool FCT news it wasn't even on the news it wasn't even on the news no Liverpool don't like to report news when it doesn't go <laughs> when well it doesn't for mean, when they're not playing very well but I, I think overall like let's like say it's another point on the board like they started off the season really negatively then we, we had a couple of defeats just couldn't get a point on the board and they had a really impressive performance last week and then again they got a draw out of this this week 
Yeah, so we're actually ninth in the league, mate. Derby County are actually top. Where's that come from? I mean, then you won't believe it, mate. City are bottom. Wow. Sitting at rock bottom, mate. Well, that's what you get. So, like I say, I think Critchley will be happy with the fact that we got another point to the board. We didn't concede a goal because the defence has been a bit leaky over this season. So, he's obviously stopped the route. And Blackburn actually had a couple of chances late on to actually win the game. So, I think all all in all, a draw was a fair result. You'll take it. I'll take it, mate. Yeah, you don't want to win too many, do you? Nah, one's not enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I say, I think... um, It'd be a, something they can take on onto the next game, a clean sheet. They'll have a few players back after, obviously, the um, Carabao Cup in midweek. A lot of the um, bigger boys will be back to push them forward, keep them pushing up that league. Um, so, no, pushing up, sir. So, obviously, we, we've we actually got next Atkinson Stanley. Who Here are they? <laughs> in the um, EFL Cup, which will be a tough game because, obviously, they're doing well in the match, I think, in the league too. Yeah. They're doing well in League 2. So they'd be a strong opposition, a bit of a challenge. We've obviously had two defeats in that competition already. Um, yeah, we're going out. So we need, I think we need to win to actually so try and get through. Win, yeah. um, but I don't think they probably performed half as well as they wanted to. But it'd be good. It's, it's a bit of a good experience for the young boys to be in that competition, I think. Yeah, that's so what it's, it's all about, though, isn't it? That competition is about getting proper... Actual game time against full-time again, pros, isn't it? Yeah, and against like, meaningful so I, competition, I, yeah. Um, and then obviously we we actually got the derby at the weekend Saturday, um, Everton at home. Oh, nice! So it'd be a tough tie. So hopefully LFC TV, so I can actually watch it and give some interesting insight. Quite a, a few said derbies recently. We've got that one this weekend, and then, and then the women's a couple. Of the women's on the seventeenth, and then yeah. I'm sure the men's is the men's is pretty close as well. Yeah, I'm sure that's early so, December. Yeah. Merseyside derby city. It is, mate. Hopefully we win them all. Keep the blue shite <laughs> quiet, Robin. So that's the under twenty three is done. So that leaves us to move into the women's football, the women's, the women's super league. We both played on the Sunday, didn't we? We did, mate. So I'll go first. We we had Reading, um, who are a decent side actually. The um, troubled us last season, Reading. They beat us, so it was one of them where it's a bit of a bogey team for us. I mean, you call it a bogey team. We only formed last year, so. <laughs> I mean, how much of, you can't really really get a bogey team in a year, can you? But oh, you've, you've adopted one, mate. Yeah. So just looking at the starting eleven, Lauren James came back into the side, which was good after uh, sending off. Uh, she got to sit the league cup out, and then we've got Abby McManus, who we signed from City, back at centre half as well. Who'd been out. Sigsworth dropped back down to the bench after she started last week because uh, Lauren James missed out. So Hanson's well and truly took her place on that right hand side. Now she's been impressive since she's been playing there. So we went into the game on a really good, positive, like little winning streak. The first thing I know that come from the game is it's proper end-to-end football. <laughs> it was proper like left, right, left, right, left, right. We were both attacking each other really well. And then early on, there was a big clash of heads, mate. Oh, it looked horrible. With Lien, their player, I think her name is, and uh, Millie Turner, our centre-half. I just put clash of heads, ouchie book. <laughs> ouchie book. <laughs> it looked really, it looked really That's bad. That's her. Yeah. And then, not long after that then, literally about three minutes after that then, and there's another one. <laughs> Millie Turner again goes up, leads with the elbow and smashes... Takes um, one in the smashes U- No, smashes Utland, a Reading player, in the face. <laughs> he then has to come off because she's bleeding. And uh, she has to go off. It was absolute war Brilliant. zone, that game, mate, yeah. 
Once the game got back into a bit of a flow then after uh, all these injuries, Leah Galton noticed that she was really, really positive as, as ever down that left-hand flank. She um, she just picks that ball up and she just goes at people all the time, really asks questions of the defence and this game she was doing exactly the same. Then in the 15th minute we got our just rewards from Galton. So Harris who's filling in at left-back for Kirsty Smith who's out at the minute, she plays a ball down the wing to Galton who runs onto it down the left-hand side, uh, whips one in it, it comes off the Reading centre half and it loops right up into the air. Kirsty Hansen, who's who's got herself in Jess Sigsworth's position, comes down and she just hits it left foot volley quite close to the to the goal and she puts it away. So she's really grabbing her opportunity with both hands, uh, Kirsty Hansen. We've got really good options going forward and the, the women like, so it's really nice to see it, that, that battling for, for places up there. The game then, again, Reading have a bit more of the ball, I'd say. Reading look look very confident on the ball. They, they can knock it around. Um, again, it's a bit end-to-end as well. Then there's a chance on the 29th minute. United play a ridiculous back pass. Invite pressure onto ourselves. And Utland, who gets it, gets a touch and puts it just wide. And we were lucky there because we could have thrown all that hard work away. It's like I say, yeah, Reading are then coming at us a lot more. Then in the 33rd minute, there's a chance. Lad puts a ball in over the top for James. She cuts into the box. She gets in really easy, beats about two people. It's ridiculous how easy she gets into the box and she goes down. But the ball drops to Galton and it's like she comes in and whips one in as a, as a shot and it's miles over. Like, but um, she should really you need to be, she needs to be at least hitting the target from there. But puts it over. And then after that, that's like the 33rd minute. And then after that, between that and the end of the half. Mate, there's just so many fouls and players and like one minute like a proper 90s yeah, like, game of football the keeper goes down like injured and then in the middle of the park there's another two injuries I was like bloody hell what's going on here like literally everyone's just dropping like flies and just before half time Galton was again with some nice wing play she sits her full back down fakes the cross the full back goes takes her for an hot dog and then she puts a cross in and the cross is just a little bit too much Ravi McManus who's up there and then I thought, right, if we come into the 45th minute, I thought, right, that's it now. Seven minutes extra time. <laughs> Injury signs are due to all Due to everybody. Headbutts and yeah, elbows. and elbows and people dropping like flies. So crazy first half, really. So in the second half, more of the same. A good start. Force a corner early on. And I just, just wanted to mention with the corners and stuff, you know, like the first team struggles to like beat the first man or Ashley Youngy, like he always like sticks one in, like floats it up. But the the women, Katie Zellum puts corners in and she you, literally it's just bang, bang, On bang point every it. time. Yeah, but she just she puts top corners in every time. They always really like cause a lot of problems. So then after that, it's the forty seventh minute, there's a chance for Farrah Williams. She's about twenty yards out. Uh, she gets a free kick. Bearing in mind she's been taking all Reading's set pieces, so all the corners, all the free kicks, and she's got one about 20 yards out, a left footer. She hits one, it's coming round, and I think Mary Earps in goals thinks it's a lot further wide than what it is, and she just does that thing, you know, when you like leave it on purpose. Mate, nearly creeps in. <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant free kick. But Farrah Williams, mate, she's just so so good at set pieces. She takes set pieces left foot, right foot, Effortless. Yeah, like pre- a really good professional with like loads of talent. She's been around for a long time now. She's an ex Liverpool player, isn't she? I think Farrah Williams. When you were good, when we were she good. was there. When you were good, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then it creep as the game goes on. Reading are basically the ones with all the ball, and it's United soaking up all the pressure. 
every time we get the ball, it's never like we seem to like rest on our laurels. We always get it and just go for it. It's mad. Like they never sit back and just be like, right, okay, we'll have a bit of the ball for a bit and relieve the pressure. Every time looking to attack <laughs> and get on the front foot, you're like, Jesus, just keep have a minute. The, yeah, keep hold of the ball for a bit. But to be fair to him, they just kick stuck to the game plan. And then on the 60th minute, uh, Sigsworth comes on for Hansen. Uh, so she gets a she gets a nod and back in back in the 85th minute, she gets a reward. She gets a goal. So Reading get a throw in deep in our half, and then Jackie Gronin, who's again a really good player in, in the centre midfield for us. She wins it back and she plays a ball in behind, a beautiful ball like defence splitting and Sigs refuses the pace, gets on the end of it, proper classic counter-attack goal and then she's just one-on-one with a keeper and she's she's in and she gets a goal. So options for uh, Casey Stoney there going forward. She's got Kirsty Hansen, Lauren James and Jess Sigsworth all, a bit of a headache. all proper on fire and Leah Galton as well on the other side, all proper on fire. So, But yeah, she had a chance a bit, a bit before then, like the 74th minute where... Um, she should score and it's a similar situation but she, she takes it too far wide and it's the post I was like oh so it, was, it was nice to see her score in the 80th minute randomly then just before the end 90th minute Katie Zellum hits the cor- hits the bar for corner <laughs> crazy man she puts a corner in beats everyone nearly goes in it's the bar <laughs> but um, yeah another good win there another another win 2-0 for the women you're doing really well mate yeah, they've got jealous. Yeah, they've got so much strength in depth. It's mad. Like, like I say, with all those, with all those striking options, and then you've got like a couple of centre arms. You've got good fullbacks. Kirsty Smith still to come in the side. They signed Lotta Rockvist from um, Hammerby, the Swedish team. You've got like, Jackie Gronen and Katie Zellan in the in the middle. Just they've got so many options. Like, where is United men's team? Have got like no strength in depth. The women's and the under twenty threes have just got like. And they've got two players for every position, it's yeah. mad. You're actually in the top four as well, mate, of the women's team, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the women are showing the men how to do it, so yeah, like I say, it was it's good to see. That's the first time I've seen them, really, under the cosh quite a bit, because Reading just had all the ball, but they just stuck to the game plan and, and got the just just rewards at the end with a, with another goal, so 2-0. So close, because obviously now we started predicting the women's game. That's a 2 1. <laughs> so close to making it 4 2. I actually can't remember what I predicted. Did I say 1 0? I think you said 1 0, mate. Yeah, I know you didn't say uh, 2 0. But, but, but yeah, so <clears> next <throat> up for the women is Everton away. So I'm toying with the idea whether to go to that or not. It's on the Sunday and it's. Where's uh, that being played? It's at Walton. Some, I can't remember. Is it, is it the ground in Walton? So uh, I may go to that. So if I go to that, I'll obviously put it on the Instagram. But yeah, so we continue to, to do well, the women, uh, fourth position. Whereas in like completely different contract contracts yeah contracts if you look at where we are contrast mate, oh my god if you look at where we are mate we're sitting bottom of the league yeah we're, but you were sitting bottom of the league but we were saying point. right Birmingham next week and I said if you don't beat them well, we're second to bottom at that point <laughs> yeah you're second to bottom and then I said you've got Birmingham next week so you need to be beating them convincingly so how did you get on mate it's really concerning mate because like if you look at goals four we're on one. That says it all, mate. So one goal. One, well, it says goals for, so we've obviously scored more than one. But that's uh, like United goal men's team in disguise. Actually, no. God, do you know what? That's not even goal difference. So to put things in, in real terms, is we've scored one goal. Yeah. In five games, and conceded seven. So that's why we're bottom of the league. Yeah, it usually is why if you concede more than you score. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where to start really because like going into the match off the back of a five-one victory. One of your players scored. You think a, that's a Lynette's, massive confidence? Lynette scored a hat trick. Yeah, Kirsty Lynette scored a hat trick. Hat trick. Yeah. And she didn't even start the game. So it's like, 
weird selection so, that, it's it? a weird selection she didn't even start the game after scoring such a convincing hat-trick the other night hey don't be referring to him too much you, you no I'm not I'm not referring to him I'm not referring to him I'm just saying it's just, just questioning I just don't get the decisions, decisions. Yeah, yeah, whether sure. it was because obviously she maybe she's a bit jaded a bit tired that's the, the reason why they thought oh we'll change it up a little bit Kitchen kept her place in net ahead of Prowse and then obviously Murray didn't feature so the game itself mate it started off how can I say it quite negative in the sense that it started off quite negative <laughs> it's a great way to start a review so we started off really negatively where in, in a sense that we didn't really create anything in the first 10 minutes and then Steinforth delivered like an absolute world of a cross into our box at pace and the Blues captain actually um, just got a harrop her name is just rose above everybody else and headed the ball past our goalkeeper like left her with no chance mate and obviously our one big threat that we have got even though we're not scoring any goals is Papa Jade so Papa Jade she offered so much Papa Jade she offered so many chances going forward mate and then she obviously swapped her positions quite a few times with Jess Clark so we actually grew into the match in the first half and tried to create a bit more chances for us to actually try and score a goal but obviously that didn't happen so we had like a short corner in which looked like it was a routine off the training ground where Lawley delivered a a nice ball into the box. Roberts was unable to connect with the header. Um, so, yeah, it was just... We didn't really get, get going, mate. It's like 5-1 victory the other night. We created so many chances and obviously scored a lot of goals, whereas we looked like we were going backwards, where the, the last game, it was pretty much the same. We didn't really create any chances. Yeah. Didn't score any goals. And we had a bit of a, a penalty claim, but it was waved away. So, obviously, clutching at straws. And then, obviously, inevitably, Birmingham got the, the second goal, Stein fourth. Clinched it for him in the 83rd minute. But it was just like... Horrible. It, it was horrible, mate. It was just a bit disappointing, if I'm honest. Now... More for the, for the players themselves, because they put in such a strong performance in the cup, and then go into the league and just go yeah. back to the, what they did against United. Well, I don't... I obviously don't watch, like... Obviously, with a men's team, I'll watch Liverpool every now and again, and like you say, trying to make me out of a fan because I watch them, but... Like, you'll watch other games, but with the Liverpool women's team, I obviously don't watch that at all, but... All I've got is when we went to watch Liverpool United, and like I said, it's not like they're not putting effort in. Like it's the first half, just arguably like they, were, they, were the better, they were the better team against United. So it's not like I just think something's not clicking there with them. Like I don't know. They're like a bunch of strangers. Mate. It is. It is like, and I mean, I don't know why I'm sticking up for you so much because I think it's fucking hilarious. But it's a massive period of transition when you look at the manager they've brought in, who's brand new to managing, and then the squad is. Imagine they've got some experience. It's very similar to Ollie, mate, though, isn't it? it this is what we, well, this is what we like say. Evening, this is what we say. Like it's roles reversed, that. isn't it? Man United women are like Liverpool men, and Liverpool's women are like uh, Man United men. Only, I mean, we've got some points on the board, <laughs> but um, it's a tough one because you can't really question the commitment. It's just like the second half, they did, they did put a bit more effort in. Obviously, they, they created a bit a bit more chances, like for the team itself. Like I think it was. Courtney Sweetman came on in the 60th minute and she put Keeper under a bit more pressure. Like Joe created a few chances to put one or two shots on target. But like yeah. when you look at the actual um, stats mate from the game, it was it was shocking really. When you look at the two teams, honestly mate, Birmingham had 22 shots. We, oh. had, we had seven. They had 63% possession. We had 37. Against Birmingham as well. That's the passing mad. like... Was you were away from home though, don't forget. Yeah, away from home. Yeah, you but were even, away from home. Even that. Considering like you say, they had... In, was it 2014 the last time they won the league and then they just had a bit of a dip where they've not really in, invest a lot of money into well, the squad and they've lost all the key players haven't they 
So the start of fresh bringing young players yeah, through. This is the so statement it's unfair the, to I be. Think this is a statement from the team to be like, right, we need to do something here to get us back to where we were, or at least near to where we were, because it's like a total overhaul, isn't it? And everybody else has massively improved, don't they? That's the problem that you've got, yeah. So I think Jepson, like, I don't, I don't mean to be too down because obviously it was only one nil up until the eighty third minute. Yeah. So they, they put a lot more effort into the second half, but inevitably just couldn't score. Do you think they need to just concentrate maybe on right? Let's start to keep some clean sheets here, and at least get and then some build draws. From that. And then if we can get a draw, then your confidence goes up and you get some points on the board, and then try to snatch wins like from keeping clean sheets. Like, really, really, I don't know, it's easy for me to say sat here, but really drill it down back to basics that much, do you know what I mean? Right, let's not concede. Uh, I don't think it helps anymore when you change your goalkeeper. Like, you, you put one goalkeeper in for the first three, three games and then change Why have, it. have she been changing? Because Anka Proust has been doing well. Yeah, she, she? she played well against United. She pulled off like yeah. two or three yeah, double saves. In that second half, it was all United. She was pulling off stops, wasn't she? So yeah. they swapped the goalkeeper, which is probably on the for the back four. Was it Frank Kitchen again, was it? Yeah, Kitchen yeah. was in it again, yeah. And then obviously the midfield is pretty much the same. But up front, the swapping and changing the strikers is like, there's no consistency in the squad. Mm -hmm. See, this is it. You can keep swapping and changing and looking for your best option. And this, does this centre half pairing work? Or what about this midfield pairing? But for me, ultimately, I'd be like, right, this is my team. I'm sticking to this through thick and thin. And then hopefully it'll start to gel. But if you keep swapping, you just don't know what you're going to get, do you? Unless yeah. unless you swap, swap, swap. They're so they're all you twat team 6 nil, and you're like, right, that's my team now. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it's so tough, isn't it, when, it, when that happens? like it, it's, it's tough. Like, like with Babaji, she's our most common threat going forward. But yeah, she's yeah, put, she playing out left, playing out right, playing through the middle. She's not consistently playing like Rashford, I suppose, for the men's team. For yeah, yeah, well, that's because of injuries. They're not being played in, in a position where they're familiar with what's expected and then they're swapping and changing them players around them Sweetman Kirk's a very good player and then you've got Lynette and then obviously Murray and Rogers. like they're not consistently playing the same squad each week and building on performances Yeah. so how are they going to move forward I don't know but they're a good side they've got a lot of individually when you pick up obviously because uh, we do Women's Football Wednesday when you when I'm picking out players and we're, we're like obviously we do a United just if you don't know we do a United player or we, an aspect of the United women's team and an aspect of the Liverpool women's team and we just we just talk about them mainly and we just put a post on every week it's called Women's Football Wednesday on Instagram and when we're picking them through when you're looking at all the individuals in Liverpool's team you've got loads of like internationals there and people that have won things and like young kids that have come through like centres of excellence and academies and, and won like young player awards like that like Amy Rogers and stuff so it's not like it's just a bunch of nobodies, do you know what I mean? It's all they're, they're all experienced players, players, aren't they? Mm. So yeah, I think they can only grow into the season. Really, it's like well, but you can't don't, don't be down on them. It sounds patronising, but you can't get any you worse. Can't get any worse. You can't like, get any worse. And I suppose like like you say, the players that it's not as if they're not putting any effort in, and they want to move up the table. Of course, it's yeah. Liverpool Football Club at the end of the day, mate. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what level it is, if it's women's, men's, under 23s, academy. The Liverpool Football Club, it's, the women's, was one of the yeah, best yeah. teams out there. So so it, there's only one way to go in that top, mate. So we're not too far off top, really. So we're only 12 what? points. <laughs> That's epic. We're not too only four, far off We're only top. four wins from being so where, top. Where are you, mate? In, in the bottom. bottom. <laughs> and you're not too far off top. Now that... Is absolutely that is a claim. Low. That is absolutely low. An absolute claim. That is mate. optimism at its best, mate. <laughs> so up next, that's the first Abby. game. And again, it's the cup, mate. 
what next week is the yeah. League Cup again we've got Aston Villa Conti away Conti Cup Conti Cup yeah so again at least it takes that distraction away from how bad they're doing in the league yeah you need and to yeah, build on them Conti Cup games because they seem to be playing better take in the that confidence push. and momentum into yeah. the league don't you we'll see mate but I've been far far too nice to you there about Liverpool so that stops now <laughs> no it continues <laughs> no <laughs> right so should we predict these women's games then or what Yes, mate, because I need to redeem myself. You do. You're I am falling behind. You're currently three two behind. So um, yeah, we come. I come close to that Reading United game. I said two one as well. Oh, it's like Liverpool. I predicted four 0 Then it's like four one. So like we are getting close. You're only one ahead of me, and we've got twenty eight game weeks. Game weeks. Game weeks. Game weeks. <laughs> got twenty eight game weeks. Game weeks ahead of us. So so got plenty of chance to get ahead of you you have because I do not want this haircut well please please I'll let you have the pleasure of let me have the actual first. platform while you say you can, you can go first so um, we've got Aston Villa up next in the Continental Cup County Cup action and inevitably they're top of their league we're bottom of ours so what to expect so Coventry were a lot lower down than Villa and you batted them 5-1 but saying that we seem to relax in the cup competitions. It's like there's no pressure because they're doing so poorly in the league. It's like there's that added pressure at the well, moment. They play better football in the county cup. They just relax. So, with that then? in mind, I'm going to say we can't get any worse at the moment, mate. So, we had a massively impressive performance against Coventry beating them 5-1 away. A disappointment away to Birmingham, but we didn't play completely poorly. There were still spells in that game where yeah. they showed signs that they could have gone on and pushed and got a goal. So I'm going to give the women a confidence boost and say they're going to win 2-1. <laughs> okay. 2-1. I'm going to say you're going to get beat 1-0. You don't so, score goals, do you? We've only scored one all season. No, if you disregard the cup. Yeah. In the league, you score one. Yeah. That's what I mean. You don't, that's where you're struggling. But no, I've got, got, I've got belief. Though, you know. Yeah, we've got so um, hopefully, Murray's yeah. back. Hopefully. What am I saying hopefully for Swimming Kirk's not really featured much, apart from being on the bench. Linnet scored um, a hat trick the other week, so maybe because so maybe she keeps one, maybe one of those she keeps changing the team, maybe it's just that point to settle team and put some experience in there. Yeah, maybe not. So, it's so I'm going to believe two one. So you said, didn't you? Two one. And a one nil from me. So this yeah, means more. So we're again. What's that? Off? It's a saying off the Liverpool website. Isn't it? Oh Jesus! New balance, mate. God, this guy is LFC through and through. I think that game will be on LFC TV as well. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. Will it? Someone give him a job. Neil Miller, I want your job. job. <laughs> We've got Everton away in the Conti Cup. I don't know if to go to it or not. I might do. Anyway, we've got Everton away. We're in amazing form at the minute. You're flying, mate. Flying high. In the top four. I'll let your first team. <laughs> Women holding it down, mate. <laughs> I'm going to say... Oh, I really don't know what to say for this. So I'm just going to pluck one out of the air. I'm going to say... I'm going to say what you said. I'm going to say 2-1 United. 2-1. Well, I'm, I'm going to back my Merseyside... Rivals, I think. Yes. I'm not. I was gonna say that's a rogue thing. I'm gonna do. go for where where are Everton in the league are they in the top seven. Yeah, they're, they're not, in the top half of the table, aren't they? Yeah, they're like seventh, I think. And it's away, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna go for a one all draw. He's going for a one all draw here. I'm gonna throw a draw into the equation, sir. So, we keep predicting wins. On, I've just checked it now, I've just gone in with the Google and the they're one place behind us but same points. So a draw. You can't you can't change your prediction now so no I don't want it's it in the bag. I don't want so what are you saying 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one and 1-0 one okay cool predictions in the bag sir that's the women's predicted it is let's hope you can get one right mate <laughs> draw it level so god damn we go into the 
first team the main action the main event mate the main event and the main vein did you want to run through the Premier League results there's a tasty yeah, one so, to come up. so like the one on the Friday night like we were just chilling we were just hanging out really yeah. and then just casually put the football on and seen the score so we ended up watching it and like I was actually like wanting Leicester to score I felt so sorry for Southampton mate I wasn't but so I think purely because of the fact they were going to beat United's record I was like wanting <laughs> to score that 10 worry. I was like go on get it, do him and then it was like hang on 7 hang on 8 no it was just embarrassing so for all those that don't know Leicester beat Southampton 9-0 away from home that's N-I-N-E 9-0 which is like in the Premier League it's unheard of really Back in the day when you did it, was it probably like 10 years ago? More than there that. was still a bit of a gap, wasn't more, there? More than that, mate. Was it more than that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Andy, I think it was 90. Schmeichel was playing goal, wasn't he? Like, yeah, it was like 98, 99. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. So back then, there was still a, a big gulf between the top sides and the bottom sides, whereas yeah. now it's a bit more even. And like Southampton aren't a 9 0 terrible side, are they really? They're not the best team in the Premier League. They're drawing one all with United's side. Is that what it was, yeah? <laughs> but like I say, like. On the night, you just didn't turn up. I think everything went against him. It was a bit like when you play FIFA occasionally, where everything you hit just goes in. I love when you refer to real everything life just games goes in. It is a FIFA score, that though, to be fair, mate. So, yeah, so that was the Friday night football. Leicester destroyed Southampton 1 9 0. Then moving on to the Saturday, City won 3 0 against Aston Villa. Boo. Brighton won 3 2 at Everton. I think it was an own goal last minute as well. I think last minute it, own goal by Luke Digny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So Everton lost three two. Kept on their amazing run. And um, Watford drew nil nil against Bournemouth. West Ham got a one all draw at home to Sheffield United, and then Burnley got beat four two at home to Chelsea. So Chelsea are, again they're like stealth, aren't they? They're, they're creeping up that table. Yeah. Securing fourth spot by the Lampard's doing Chelsea. really well. They're playing really well, aren't they? Yeah, like to be fair to him, I think I said to maybe first to be sacked on the one of the first podcasts this season, but he's doing a very good job. To be fair, he's like not being able to sign anybody, he's making the no, best of what if, he's got. If we were doing what they're doing with our youth, like what they'd have you made up, so hold that off to him, mate. Yeah, take your hat off to him. Hold it off to him. He's just throwing him out there today. And then on the Sunday, mate, Newcastle drew one all with Wolves. Arsenal drew two two with Crystal Palace. I think they had a goal this Lara far. Uh, there was the issue I know there was the issue in the Arsenal game of Granit Xhaka oh that was unreal wasn't it let's just take a second just to what did he do did he tell the, the fans so, to fuck off or something yeah so he walks off and he's coming off and obviously they, they come from 2-0 down aren't they the other t- who did he play sorry Crystal Crystal Palace <laughs> Crystal Palace Crystal Palace so they come back to 2 all, aren't they and he was making a sub he was ringing Xhaka off Jack's just walking off as slow as you like. If that's your captain, I know 100%. Like trying to now, urgently. I'm, not, I'm not Liverpool fan, but I know 100%. As a captain, you don't want to come off, Liverpool do you? draw and it's near the end and Henderson gets subbed, Henderson would run off. I don't know Ashley You'll be happy about it, but he'd come off. He would run off and yeah. be like throwing his armband off at someone. I know Ashley Young would as well. Like urgency to try and get the win at home. Yeah, yeah, and he's just walking off dead slow. And then suddenly he starts getting booed by all the fans. So he fucking gestures to him, tells him to fuck off and comes off, takes his top off and walk straight down the tunnel. And that's their Fuck. club captain, that. So that's the There's no coming back from that, really, is it? There's no coming back like, from that. I get Arsenal fans are quite brutal. Like, don't say this disrespectfully. Like, are you going to compare them to United? But, no, but... I mean, I just mean... I mean, Arsenal fans in general is like... They're horrible. <laughs> no, to, to their own players, it's like... They don't seem to support them. It's like, through times of turmoil, it's like, let's get them back and boo yeah, them. The light rail don't, don't fans, su- the light rail Get behind your side. It's like... Yeah. You know... And, like Liverpool are in a fortunate position where they're winning a lot of games at the moment yeah. but 
that's going to change. We're going to get a defeat on the board or we'll drop points and draw. And it's in those times you get behind your side to try and inspire them. Like the 12th man, the players rely on you sometimes. If they're not playing well, they need that inspiration, don't yeah. they? And you booing them and like jeering them is not going to help. Yeah. So it's, like, it's bad for them to do that, but I understand like, show a bit of fucking gusto and get off the pitch, you know, the captain. And then there was the weird thing. And it, everyone was saying on, on social media that it was like, Oh, so respectful to see and all this. So there's a picture of Torreira when Xhaka was walking off. Torreira started crying. What? At, in support for his captain. I was like, no, no, that's, just, no. that's weird. That's, that, that's weird. Can you imagine Roy Keane doing that to United fans? I think that's weird. Can you weird. imagine Gerrard doing it to Am Liverpool I right fans? There? That's, that's weird, weird that, mate. It's like, everyone's yeah, like, oh, it's, so, it's so, such a shame to see like how much he cares about it and he's crying. Why are you crying? If he cared, if he cared like you say, he'd have ran off. And he wouldn't have stormed down the actual tunnel like a baby yeah. and threw his shirt down. That's like just showing disrespect to the club. Mad. So I, I, for me, there's no coming back from that. No, I don't think there is. You, you take the captain's armband off him and give it to somebody else that deserves it. But saying that there's no leaders at Arsenal at the moment, is there? To be fair, Emery never appointed Xhaka as captain. I mean, we're talking about this for far too long, but Emery never appointed Xhaka as captain. It was the players appointed him. He asked the players who they wanted it to be and they said Xhaka. <sighs> Get him out of the club. It's a joke, mate. Oh, isn't it? And then obviously, we'll touch on to us, mate. So do you want to take the floor first on me? Because we both kicked off at the same time, didn't we? I mean, I'm excited, so it's up to you. Go on, mate. We just, we had a massive I mean, performance. two good games, wasn't it, really? In terms and I think it, I'm going to have to shorten down my review of our match because we, we absolutely smashed Spurs, mate. <laughs> He's and got it, a scroll there. Uh, honestly. <laughs> it's on the floor. Oh my God, <laughs> take it over the roof. <laughs> so from... For me, I'll let you take the floor, mate, because oh, right. inevitably it's, it's your second away victory in yeah. two games, so I think you need a bit of limelight. All oh, right, then. You've thanks, actually mate. won in the Premier League, mate, so I'm going to let you go. Go. Thanks, thanks pal. Go. Thanks for looking go. down on me. So, it was a bit of shit going into, after the Liverpool game, then going into Europe against Partizan Belgrade, because obviously we played really good for like half an hour, 35 minutes or so against Liverpool, and really played really well. And then what see us against Partizan Belgrade was like, oh no, we're not going to carry it forward. So it was a bit shit thinking that we were going to go into this Norwich game like similar to that. So we switched it back from the from the back three to back to a back four. Pereira on the pitch in the number 10 role, which I've said before, that's where I feel Pereira is better in that number 10 position. So that was nice to see him there. And then it was good to see that you put Lingard on the bench instead of putting him in that same position. So I thought that was, yeah, the, that was nice, yeah. The rest of the team was pretty much self-explanatory. So um, we came out of the blocks and we were zipping it round, to be honest, quite a bit. And we were, we were buoyant and, and moving about. And I was like, oh, hang on, this isn't like against Partizan Belgrade. So it, it was good. I thought, oh, I'm, I was in a good mood. So <laughs> um, first chance actually fell to Norwich, though. And yet again, it came after our own mistake. Young tries to drive a ball into the front line and it's just picked up and then we get it on the counter-attack. Cadwell uh, hits one over from the edge of the area and really should be in the target at least there. So we got lucky, but again, we create our own mistakes. We need to iron them out. But going into it, Norwich weren't the typical team that, that in inverted commas, are in the bottom end of the table. They weren't your typical team. Like when you got, we played like Palace, Southampton... They just sat in and went, right, you're going to have to try and beat us. Which And we're terrible when teams do that because of our lack of attacking options. We just can't really break them down. 
so it was nice to see that Norwich wanted to play and you could see that they wanted to play so I was like ooh they're quite an explosive team aren't they they're scared of... very attacking team yeah I thought you were joking when you were saying all this about Norwich and the pre-season <laughs> one that we had so yeah it was nice to see that we were trying some nice stuff as well we were trying little triangle passes we were trying to make stuff work little uh, balls around the corner and stuff I was like oh yeah this is good this so on our 10 minutes, our first chance actually came and it fell to Pereira. I mean, just to have a chance after 10 minutes is good enough. We never usually create hardly any chances. I mean, against Newcastle, Rashford had one touch in the box. So we were actually, in 10 minutes, we created a chance. Uh, he picks it up on the left and he cuts in and he fizzes a fast curler towards the right-hand corner. It's not far wide, to be honest. So really good start for United. As we started to come into the game a bit, maybe 10-15 minutes in, that's when Norwich, we started to pin Norwich back a bit and it started to become United. Then there was a great chance for us on the 18th minute. We hit Norwich on the break. Pereira with like a sublime quick feet. He rides a challenge. He finds Martial, who then finds Rashford's run and uh, he forces a good save from Cruel. So I was like, yes, come on. <laughs> Two chances in 18 minutes. What is going on? Somehow then, the minute later, it stays nil-nil. We get another, we get a corner. The corner comes in from Pereira into the near post. Great improvisation from Rashford. He kind of like helps it along with his shoulder. It's coming to him and he twists his body and gets it like corner, shoulder, chest, throws it in. Marshall's basically on the line and he heads it in Cruel, who had an amazing game, may I say, plucks it over. So I was like, wow, we're, we're going to score in a minute. And then from the resulting corner comes our first goal we get the corner the corner comes in Pereira again puts it in and then Norwich sort of have hold of, hold of it like a Norwich player brings it down in the box but his touch is quite bad and it runs it runs out a bit too far away from him and then who comes in McSauce comes in whips it off his feet first time shot bottom right hand corner boom goal 2000 goals for Man United thank you very much we'll take that and, uh, and 1-0 as well so really, really good. We're on the score sheet and uh, we were playing really well as well. Then literally four minutes later, there's a penalty shout. So there's a ball in from Marshall. Ball's in behind. James runs in, into Godfrey, who goes in like shoulder to shoulder, but he goes to ground. So it's it's a hard one to call for me. Like it's shoulder to shoulder, but Godfrey goes to ground as he shoulders to shoulders him. So it, it makes it look look worse. He's trying to play the ball, but. James just gets in front of him with his pace. Do you know what I mean? Like he he's rapid, like, oh he? shit, he's gone. So it may be a bit in the back, but in the, but then he goes to ground as well. So he doesn't help himself out really. So um, it's definitely a goal scoring opportunity. But he's and he's taken down. It goes to VAR, and VAR gives it. So it was one of them. It could have been given, couldn't not. It, it definitely was a one for debate for VAR. So they give it. Then just a weird thing is now Marshall's back. He was genuine, generally our penalty taker, and he obviously scored one midweek against Partizan Belgrade. And it's just weird to see Rashford steps up again, which is weird because there's no consistency. Yeah, it brings you back to that one against Wolves when Pogba missed, when Pogba decided to take one after the one that Rashford scored against Chelsea. So I do think that needs sorting yeah, out. We there. had this debate that we about yeah. like, Ollie needs to make a decision. I was, You're I my was penalty defiant taker. that I didn't agree with you, and since then I've actually you missed more than you've scored this year. I had seven and missed four. That's what I mean. So it's yeah. like it needs to be addressed, doesn't it? Yeah. So he steps up and he misses. So <laughs> it is a poor pen, to be honest. It's a poor pen. It's not like Rashford. It's not right in the corner. But the main thing for me, right, and what VAR should pick up on here is Cruel's a mile off his line, mate. 
So if you you're not meant to move until the ball's kicked. Are you? This is the thing. This is the new rule for goalkeepers. Oh, is it one foot? No, you can't. It got to be both? You can't move off the line. You cannot move off the line. And even if it's one foot, he's proper off the line. So VAR, the the they're putting these new rules in, and they're bringing in VAR to help to help govern not, these rules. But they're not looking at it. He's mate. If you watch it, he's proper off his line. Do you know if, this is like to it's not, not to throw you off? System. Do you not think they should have like a sensor on penalties? Like they should, like, should have like a, a laser on the actual goalposts. Like like on the goalposts. Yeah. So they're only activated in penalty circumstances. And if the goalkeeper moves, it goes off if it was, and warns the referee. No, but I mean, as if like he steps off his line, both feet. He's got to remain both feet on the line until the ball's kicked. So they should have obviously like <laughs> referees be like, like a, a triangle, like a, no, but like a, tri- a triangle sensor that's to the ball, just a, the spot to the goalpost, and then obviously this is like a pipe dream. The ref gets an alert to say that he's moved off his spot before the ball's kicked. Great idea. Throwing it out there. I'll give you twenty thousand pound for that fifty-five percent of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's dead. I called it first. If that happens. Sky so, Sports. <laughs> there's a great idea from Lee. He wants to use uh, sharks with freaking laser beams. Laser. <laughs> um, so yeah, just uh, like that should be picked up on. It's absolute schoolboy that. But anyway, it's still one nil. Thirtieth minute then, which is literally right after that penalty, five minutes to later, we score a great goal. Norwich are really high up the pitch, and Rashford is in acres of space because we've we've hit him on the counter attack. He's just in the middle of the park in acres of space. James has got the ball on the right hand side and he just plays a lovely ball up over the top, straight into the space for Rashford to, to pick up. And to run him behind. Yeah, and he just he just takes it down one touch and then um, he's one on one with the keeper and slots it. Absolutely gobbles like, up the space. Yeah, it's just like it just do worlds for his confidence. That's really nice to see Rashford get on the score sheet. Such a confident performance from United this. It was it was really, really pleasant to be watching. And the 36 second minute, there's another chance. Rashford comes running in from wide, does the fall back and gets into the box. Uh, he tr- and he tries to catch Cruel off guard instead of crossing it. He tries to fire one and Cruel tips it out for a corner. He had a, such a good game, Cruel, mate. He's, he's a good goalkeeper, so mate. I think he, he must have got fantasy points that week, I tell you. Pure him. Is it honestly, mate? He's a very experienced, good goalkeeper. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, when we, when we Van Aal brought him on to save penalties, yeah, he did Van actually, Gaal didn't he? In, in yeah, the, yeah, when he was Holland manager. So the 38th minute came then, there's actually a chance for Norwich. We invite some pressure onto ourselves by none other than Fred playing them in, basically. Comes across to Cadwell, who levers one down to his throat, but it's like lightning. Like, he, he leathers one. He's, it's just so much pace on it, but luckily it's right down. De Gea has to jump up and just tip it over. So, yeah, we got a bit lucky there. But again, like I say, some teams don't have anything against us. Until we let them, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, your own it's worst well, enemy. Yeah, it's well annoying. Uh, and then 40th minute, uh, there's another corner, headed out to Fred, and then Fred on the volley! Wide. And it was like, almost like a carbon copy of the Champions League one, where Dallow hits it and it hits Kimbempe in the, in the hand. So basically, Fred hits this on the volley, the Norwich player, I can't remember who it was, he jumps up and turns it and turns his back and obviously his arm's in an unnatural position and it hits his arm. Everyone's screaming for handball. It goes to VAR and they basically give it. And Even though he's protecting his face kind of thing. He's not protecting his face. He just... What what, do you, what are you told never to do? Never turn yeah. your back on the ball. Or lift your arms up. Yeah. And he's, he's basically jumped up and turned his back. 
So therefore, his arms are going to go everywhere. In that sort of position. And, he's just, and his arms are in an unnatural position, they're not by his side. Should be dropped for turning your back. So it's basically his own fault. And people say there that he can't do anything about that. Well, you can. Don't jump and turn your back and then you won't, yeah. your arm won't get It's that same old argument like Manning last week, wasn't it? it? Wasn't it Robertson that got one like that when it was handball? Yeah, last week against yeah. Dave Genk. And he shouldn't have been turning his back either. This is stupid knobhead. Um, so yeah, so we get another pen. So he's like, wow, this is amazing, this. We could be going in at half-time here, 3-1. So this time, Marshall steps up. What did he do? So... <laughs> So this time, Marshall steps up, so they change it again. It's crazy. And then it, he hits it hard and low to the keeper's left. And Cruel saves. Saves. Absolutely quality bonus points But there. again, mate, I'm not being funny. He was off his line again. He comes off his line. It's not as bad as last time as the Rashford one, because the Rashford one, mate, he jumps up and he's proper off his line. The laptop needs charging. And we have power. Um, yeah, he's not as far off his line, but... He's still off his line, but that one's a better save, and it's a better pen, so it was obviously a better pay. So like I said, that's our seventh pen with the four, four, uh, four missed. That's, which is It's good. a terrible stat, isn't it, really? Because we're only it's 10 like weeks a, into the like season. A, it's like a free goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's only in 10 games. As a professional, you shouldn't miss a penalty, should you? Like, we've all taken a penalty. I just used to go down the it's, middle every single time. Because the keeper's got a This is why you don't take penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you just score them. You just put them over. But, yeah, that's a shocking record. And then, again, we get a corner off that pen. Comes out, carbon copy. Fred on the volley! No. <laughs> Cruel saves it again, mate. To be fair, it was quite a good volley. And he was having an absolute fucking worldie. And then just one last thing before half-time. Wan-Bissaka with quite a nasty tackle, actually. He's lucky, really, I guess. He goes in on Lewis. And he proper studs the top of his foot. It proper hurts that. Is it like a rash challenge? Yeah, it was, to be honest. And he's lucky, really, maybe. It could have been a sending off, I guess. There's no maliciousness in it, but the evidence is there. He studs on the top of his foot. So. I, th- I think it's it's just like a young oh, full-backs yeah. Yeah, tackle. Yeah, young. And Trent does exactly the same, doesn't he? All the time, on Basaka, all the time. So he's usually times them really well, so... So yeah, half time then comes and it's an absolutely brilliant half. It's a good first half like we had against um, Arsenal. If you remember the first half in that game, we played really well and we scored and we went in one nil up. And I was just thinking, I hope we don't come out now in the second half like we often do and be like, right, you have the ball because that's exactly what we did to Arsenal. And then Arsenal scored off again our own mistake and then we were like, oh right now we've got to go and play again. Go and finish it off. Basically, I was hoping that we did. So the Norwich made a sub at half-time. Hernandez came on. And in the opening exchanges, he, he looked quite bright, actually. He looked really like one of their better players. But, yeah, again, Norwich came out and had a lot more of the ball. But I didn't feel as nervous as I did when it was Arsenal. I just didn't feel like they had as much going forward. So then in the 53rd minute, we hit him on the counter because Norwich have had a lot of the ball up till now. We get a good counter-attack. James plays a ball into the box, an in-swinger from the right. And it hits Godfrey on the thigh and falls to Martial on a tight angle. It's it right into the corner and the stretch foot is safe from Cruel again. Again, it's, it's like Jesus. Really, he's really. having an absolute worldy. This guy. What's supposed to Again, like I said, that was a counter attack for us. Uh, Nor- Norwich still having quite a lot of the ball, and we're like, you could see us 
a bit of panic starting to creep in because they had a lot of the ball. And it was nice to actually see Ollie actually got up and got into the dugout and it's shown him. And he, I think it was Maguire or someone did like a proper rash claim. You know, it's just like get it out. And, and they like slice it and it's one of them like, wait. It was good to see Ollie just go up to the line. He's just like, hey. And he was just like saying, calm down. He was just like doing their hands going, calm down, like telling the team to like just chill, like, like relax. Yeah, yeah. And it was really, that was really nice to see that he actually can go out and, because usually he's just sat in his seat sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it frustrates you. Pretty much United started to come into it a bit more then and we were awarded on the 72nd minute with another goal. I can't believe we scored three goals in one game to be perfectly honest with you. It's been unheard of this year, mate. Yeah, but again, we hit them on the counter this time. We were doing that a lot more the second half and this goal, mate, was just unbelievable. So Young wins the ball, plays into Rashford and about the halfway line, it's good take actually by Young. Plays it into Rashford, then Rashford just knocks it, knocks it off to Marshall. Marshall then plays a through ball into Rashford who continued his run and then Rashford picks it up on like the edge of the box and he draws about three players into him so these players come over to him he just makes an audacious back heel into Marshall who carried on his run Marshall picks it up and then Cruel comes running out at him and he just dinks Cruel a bit like Manny's it's getting, like, yeah, a little, dink, yeah, a little finish. dink finish, mate, and it was just, oh, mate, it was like watching York and Cole. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not getting carried away. <laughs> wasn't playing, no. That is a bold statement, What it mate. was, it the was next like, York and Cole. it was just like Rashford into Marshall, Marshall back to Rashford, and then Rashford back heel into Marshall, and the dink finish, it was just like, wow. I've, mate, how I have missed this. Maybe that's why Ollie didn't sign a striker, mate. Because when you, if you have Pog, well, if you play Pogba more if, advanced if and then to up front. Yeah, if everyone was fit and you've got them to up front, but still you need a striker as an option. You should have signed one anyway. Do you know do you know what I think though? Pogba is a bit like Bobby, you know, in a sense that he likes to play in that deep attacking role. And he's very creative. I don't think he's like him in terms of anywhere near the same. I don't mean player. he doesn't run down the Charles and chase in down. In terms balls. of where he would like to play, yeah. Like you could I play Marshall, Rashford, Pogba. Yeah, yeah, and you'd have like an attacking threat. What? Oh, so you're saying now playing as, as a false nine. nine? Ah, right. What? And with no striker, you I could well, with their pace, they're getting behind the defense, and then they make the diagonal runs in. Yeah, yeah, and they give you an extra option in midfield. And then in midfield, you just keep playing maybe, Tommy yeah, Sauce. Maybe I, I United's way is always to have a striker, really. So I, I, I would think that you would always have a striker up there. But yeah, I mean that. I like Pogba as a 10 behind a number 9. I think that's where he's better because he can just play people in. And then when you've got two wide players like Rashford and James, that just adds to the options that you can have with a number 10 like Pogba. So I don't know. It's, it's always something it's an option. Oh, why don't you even bring in. Greenwood in, mate? Well, I don't, like I don't, I don't get why he's not, he's not getting an opportunity. Well, he has been, he's had a few, it's not in the Premier But to me, he's like, even as an impact player, yeah. I don't know if he's on the bench. I don't obviously watch United week in, week out. You watch Liverpool. Yeah, he has been on the bench though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's like just start integrating into the squad because he's banging yeah. the goals when he just get the opportunity isn't he well the next point I make after the goal Greenwood comes on then for Martial who goes off to rapture of support uh, and then Lingard comes on for James and Pereira comes off for James Garner so some of the youth get a good chance and then all United really towards the end we just play keep ball really then after towards control just, the match. Yeah, it's just United then obviously Norwich's confidence is down and stuff and then in the 88th minute, they get a fucking consolation, don't they? Well annoying. I want just to keep a clean sheet. <laughs> Perfect performance, gone. And how do they score? Is it for your own fault? the ball away. 
Yeah. Well annoying. He's still learning the game though, isn't he? Like to be fair, yeah. he's like he's getting better and better. better yeah, no, he is. Yeah, it's just a team thing that like we give the ball away a lot and create our own problems. So Tired this and then um, and then Hernandez uh, still got a lot to do. To be fair, when he picks it up, but um, he, he makes a run at us. He megs Garner on the edge and then slots it. It's fucking Good nice finish. finish. Yeah, uh, and then there's there's four minutes of added time towards the end and. Um, Greenwood should score really Lingard who came on didn't do too bad when he came on actually he made some good runs in from midfield like Lingard of all where he kind of jinxed past players and he did that again and then he just squares one off to Greenwood who's proper about six yards out and he should score really but he just he kind of just hits it straight at the key he doesn't relax does he I mean he's what is he 17 years old mate he's got a lot to learn yet so and then that was it, mate, full time. So a 3-1 victory and a really, really positive performance. It's an impressive result for you, mate. Yeah, really built. I mean, because before the game, I was scared going into that because let's not forget Norwich beat City 3-2 there. They scored against us. And the attack team, they go out and they want to score and they want to play. Like, so when they came to Anfield, they got in behind you, didn't they? A few times. Yeah. like before. Obviously, we won 4-1 in the end, but that really didn't tell the stories. Like For the yeah. first 30 minutes, they bombarded us. They, mm. they put us on the back foot. Yeah. Caused a lot of problems defensively. Then we just obviously just finished them off with our clinical finishing. But yeah, like I say, it was a, a good performance. We played with the same like energy and enthusiasm as I said before, as we did for those like thirty minutes against you guys. And what did I say? I said on that day, if you go back and you watch our Instagram story from when we went to that game, I said to camera on on the review, I said that if we play like that against lesser teams, then we'll just we'll just batter them. Yeah, like the Florida teams. Exhibit A, yeah, like we play with that enthusiasm and that energy. And we've just battered him and swept him aside, so it's just really good to see, yeah. Good shifts from McTominay and Pereira, who had really good games. Adam Obisaka, brilliant. Marshall and, Ra- Marshall and Rashford linked up so, so well. So I'd say they were my positives. That was my main positive, if we go to positives and negatives. It was was Marshall being back and Rashford being out wide, and he's better, so much better. from He's more effective out wide, isn't he? Yeah, he can come in, cut in on his right foot. They were a really, 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 really good partnership. Negatives, I would still say that we lose the ball far too much and we create our own problems. At least at times, though, like it's usually it's we've just like we'll just play balls out for throw-ins. You know, like can't complete a pass. At least this time we were losing the ball, trying to actually make something happen. Yeah. yeah. So trying to like do something. Trying to be more crazy. Yeah. Not just like oh the ball's gone under your foot and gone out or you've played it straight to them and stuff like that. So. But we just if we could start that sloppiness out and play with that enthusiasm, I think we'll be we'll be all right. We'll, we'll, we'll say we'll be all right. You're, right. You're we'll not going to get relegated. We'll finish, let's be we'll finish top six, shall we? <laughs> but yeah, no, just I'm really really happy with that because I thought we could really just lose it. And I'm, just, pl- I'm pleased for you, mate. It's actually nice to see a smile on your face. Yeah, thanks. So it's, it's forget, been a hard few weeks. For you. I forget what score I actually said that that would be, but I'm sure I said two 0 I think. I think you did, yeah. And yeah. I said two one. Two one to Norwich. Norwich. Yeah. So I was a bit off, but don't worry, fans. It doesn't matter, mate. All that matters, you got the win. Don't worry, fans. There's still a chance for me to predict Lee's <laughs> So move on to your game, mate. Yeah. So obviously, we, oh Jesus. Wow. Obviously, we were playing at the Thanks same time. My ears really appreciate. <laughs> we were playing at the same time, mate, weren't we? Yeah. So obviously Liverpool wins this game, top of the league, a bit of a disappointing performance against United for the first half, second half better. Still top of the league, a lot of positives to take from it, that we're still ahead of City by six points. And we've had one over Spurs recently, um, so they've, they've not actually won, won for a while. And obviously we've beaten the Champions League final, so there was a bit of bitterness there, I think. 
Like Harry Kane made a few comments midweek saying that Louis Paul aren't unbeatable. Van Dyke's not as good as he everyone he makes out. He Why made all these comments that? to try and get a bit of a bite out of us before the match. That's suicide. That. It, it, is, it, that. it was a typical Betty, one of our friends, oh, wasn't it? Oh, like, oh, he tries to make a prediction. Every time one of our friends, right, he comes out and he goes before the game, he used to go, oh, we'll dick them, we'll batter them. And you're like, no. Never speak before speaking Never jinx to. anything. <laughs> so a bit of scene news, we all knew um, Matip was out injured, so Lovren was a surprise choice at a Gomez to feature at centre-back. Sal was fit again, replacing um, Origi up front, which I was really pleased by. It's not to be unfair in Origi, mate. He just, he's an impact player, and he doesn't really offer no, anything yeah. up front. It just complete, completely changed our dimension. Like, if we'd have had Sal against your boys, I think we'd have beat you in hindsight. That's all good and well to say that now, but yeah, no, no chance. Salah is just like... A different class when it comes to Origi. The game itself, mate, I just love these winter night games, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, the right lights are well. on, yeah, the right atmosphere is so much better, everyone's had a few bevies in, in the evening. And like the atmosphere, mate, you all never walk along was ringing around the stadium, it was just like give me goosebumps. I know it's like cliche to say, but like it was just like was an exciting excited. atmosphere to be around. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously I didn't go to the game, but I mean like to watch it on TV was it, it was just yeah, amazing. Pumps in his living room. He's pumps in his living room. I had an absolute bone watching this game. So the game itself, mate, it just started explosively. Like in the first twelve seconds, um, Henderson picked up a ball on the edge of our box and just hoofed it upfield. And Mane latched onto it, but just couldn't quite get control of the ball. We nearly scored. Jumped within twelve seconds. Twelve seconds. Honestly, mate. And then a couple of seconds later, it was all action down our end. Henderson obviously was trying to. Build a bit of momentum in midfield. Lost the ball on the edge of the D in the halfway line. Sissoko carried it forward and skipped past about three of our players. Played it into Sun, who unleashed like this wicked shot over the edge of our area. Yeah. Cut inside, left Lovren for dead and smashed it. Got, to be fair, he got a bit of a deflection off Lovren, hit the like cracked the crossbar, bounced out. And who reacted first? Harry Kane, like a little junking Kenner to like a yeah it was a nice a de- it was a good it was finish like fair, and to be fair it was borderline as if he was going to be offside but he was clearly onside yeah. and the goal stood so it was a bit of a shock really to all Liverpool fans not for me I predicted that Kane scored <laughs> and he got the prediction right <laughs> but yeah <laughs> obviously Kane scored against us quite a few times hasn't he? in the last few games but he's not beaten us so it was a bit of a surprise to go 1-0 behind but what I really liked is the Liverpool fans didn't react terribly like oh god Spurs won one nil up. It was just like instantly they're on the, the actual team side, singing, yeah, yeah. chanting, like trying like to get the, fans, the team up. Yeah. yeah, like proper fans. So yeah, it was a surprise to go one nil behind. But it was a good finish. So couldn't really take it away from him. Right place at right time, flying start start for Spurs when it really. And then a few minutes later, Henderson and Trent both tried to put crosses into Firmino, and he just didn't quite get get onto them. We started to get better and better. Our passes a bit more clinical. And then, like, um, there was this moment after Kane scored where Kane tries to stand up to Virgil van Dijk with his strength. And obviously, van Dijk just beast mode it. What, on the ball? like On the ball, and van Dijk just put one in front of him and, like, like, completely give him the shoulder and and Kane went flat on his ass. It was just, like, in-your-face kind of moment. Yeah, Kane's not as strong as Rashford, is he? No. (laughs) But van Dijk was, like, showing him he was boss from from the get-go. So though he scored, Van Dijk stamped his authority onto the match. And then we just came alive, made that like kind of inspired our team. We played some lovely football, some interchanging passing, used the spaces really well. And then Robbo got in behind the Spurs defence, latched onto a pass and then should have really scored. I think I've said this a few times. It's like Robbo's had a few opportunities in the last few games 
where he's, he just isn't relaxed in front of goal. He just smashes it all the time. Whereas really, if he if he relaxed and looked at the space in front of him, he could have placed it into the corner. Classic fullback. So though. maybe it was a bit of a both of like a shotgun cross. He's like hopeful that he might get a deflection, bounce one of our strikers to get an equaliser. So you can't fault him for his um, efforts. And then to put things into context, mate. After like Spurs score, we had like seventy five percent possession, and we're just like bombarding their goal, controlling the play. And then a bit a bit later on, Manny out jumped the Spurs defense. It's like a really long, long ball for Lovren. It's like we're not renowned for our long pass now, we. No, not so. <clears throat> we're usually like quite close controlled football, and we don't usually tend to hit things forward long. And Manny controlled it superb, mate. Do you like one of them little chests into um, Salah's path? How he plays it, in, Salah. Yeah. Had a really good chance and should have scored, really. And then we continued pressing, really, and pushed f- Spurs back into the d- defence. It? It, honestly, mate, it was just like, it was relentless. Since Spurs took the lead, it was just all Liverpool. Um, but I think the one dangerous thing about that was, obviously, Spurs are quite a dangerous side on the counter-attack, aren't they? With Son, he's like rapid, isn't he? Ali. It's dangerous. Ali's like not so much recently, but again, he, he is he, a threat, he's a threat. Eriksen's a threat as well. And obviously Kane up, up front speaks for himself. So the more we pushed forward, Spurs looked dangerous on the counter-attack. But after 26 minutes, Salah went down the right, found Firmino on the box, who controlled it and did like a another delicate little chip pass into Salah's path again. We smashed one, and it was like an unbelievable save my bike. Is it Gazinga in there? Yeah, it was uh, Gazinga, I think, yeah. He flew into the top corner, pulled off a world he saved, it deflected back into play, and then he got somehow got up again double and save. saved it. It was like a double <laughs> save. It was like... Yeah. And then after that, the chances just kept growing and growing and growing. Two minutes later, Virgil van Dijk had another great opportunity off a corner from, sorry, a free kick rather from Trent, where he should have shown better. It's like on the edge of the right-hand side of the box, and in swinging cross, Virgil just out-jumped everybody, got his massive head onto it, because Ingram again tipped it over, but it was one of them where like, the whole goal to fucking shoot at. Yeah. Either side, it was, it was 1-1. And then again, Robbo got in behind, another good interchanging pass with Mane, Got to the edge of the area. Unleashed his pass backwards, Joe, like at the edge of the D. He's like full back to full back. Trent got onto it and just smashed his shot, mate, from about 25 yards. He's yeah. like, did you see it? He's yeah. like, unleashed his, it's like, for a right back, it's like, it was like he was a, a clinical striker. Joe Lewandowski, so he just smashed this yeah. shot towards Beautiful goal. Beautiful strike, that. And again, Gazinga saved. <laughs> it was like a reoccurring thing in the first half. It's Tim Krul in disguise, this guy. And Tim Crew on that. I actually don't know much about him. He's a second choice, isn't he? but yeah. he had an unbelievable first couple of minutes in the first half. And then again, it was one of the games where Trent was massively involved in everything positive for us in the first half. He got in again right down the right hand side, crossing the ball, and we should have scored again. A glancing header by Bobby Firmino. You couldn't really fault Liverpool for their effort or trying to get back into the match. We just smashing Spurs with attack after attack and then there was a few heated exchanges with Sissoko and Robbo and um, Rose got booked for diving in for on Jordan Henderson did you see it like a late no, challenge like, just slightly over the top so that the game was getting a bit feisty if I'm honest like Spurs obviously wanted to come to Anfield make a statement to try and get pushed back up the table we were still trying to keep momentum going and obviously wanted to beat Spurs at home and then Trent again put another cross for Bobby Firmino who had like half contact on the edge of the box and should have done it a little bit better Manny then won a free kick on the on 40 minutes on the edge of the box. Like a really strong challenge by Spurs where he was trying to protect the ball. Like Manny's like a beast, isn't he? For the size of him. He's rapid, he's quick. He's like, it must be so frustrating for defenders. Yeah, it's like, it's like so hard to play against, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a ball of strength, isn't he? So we won a free kick on the edge of the box. We waste the opportunity. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like, I think it was Trent Henderson. 
and Salah was stepped over the ball. It's like in, right in the middle of goal. You had the whole goal to shoot at. It's one of them where you can go either side. No way. And Trent Super Trent Trent then. stepped up like he was David Beckham. Do you like gave it the old stance? He just smashed it into the box and it's like into the wall. Whereas really, like we've been renowned this season for our set piece play, and we like a bit, of, bit of original, coming up with different things. But he went for the old smash and grab over the wall. Wasted a perfectly good opportunity to make it 1-1. Then just before half time, we had a penalty shout um, where we had put a cross in by, I think it was, Robbo. dive this. And um, <laughs> Sanchez um, cleared it with the shoulder again to like oh, yeah. a little bit further down. So it's like, if you're saying that handball is handball. Like Fred did against shoes. Yeah, but it was, it was like a little the, bit further down. Oh, so it was, so, it was like the top of his arms, I think. So obviously, like the players were shouting for a penalty. Maybe it was a bit of um, desperation. We were losing 1-0 at half time. Yeah, it probably was. Anything to shout, but it's that grey area with the handball again, isn't it? Which, which now shouldn't be. It's so weird. Yeah, so, but like, all in all, mate, it, it was a very entertaining, positive first half. It's like, we couldn't really do anything more like to score. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs scored, and it was all Liverpool. We just kept bombarding. Trent was just amazing, mate. It's like, I can't give him enough praise. It's like, defensively, he's still got a lot to work on, but going forward, he's probably our most creative player. When you look at him, he's like, he could play in midfield. He's like Jamie Carragher made a very good point when on Live on Sky Sports where he said like Trent's like uh, Kevin De Bruyne, but he plays right back. <laughs> right. Did I agree? He's like he's so creative. He's, um, he's technically he's, he's gifted. I don't know. I don't watch. I should watch. He starts into our goal. <laughs> you do. He starts into our goal <laughs> to his game. He gets so many assists. Like what right back gets 12, 12 assists mate in the season. And this this year, I'm sure he's already on four or five. I'm running like ten games into the season. Thinks he's um, Marcelo, so I think he's got a lot of potential to be the next Cafu. That's a massive shout. <laughs> Fuck me! He comes out with some stuff. Yeah, in there. I hope that went through. <laughs> the next Cafu. So uh, next D Cafu. So really, mate, <laughs> D Cafu. <laughs> I'll give you that one. In the end of the first half, we bossed it. Should have been one-one or. If anything, we're unlucky not to be in front. <laughs> unlucky not to be in front. So then the second half started, mate. All Spurs. And what, whatever Klopp said. Didn't work. Liverpool started the second half pretty much the same they did the first half. Really? Fast-paced, caused Spurs all sorts of problems. And within two minutes of break, Robbo, this time, with a dangerous cross, found Bobby Firmino, who nearly scored a nice header. But again, the keeper was there to save it, mate. It's just like, he was just everywhere. He's a big guy, though, isn't he? He's like... Six foot six plus he's nine foot six. But then it was more or less than a carbon copy the first half. Spurs then two minutes later we had an, an attack early on. Spurs went down the other side, and Sun got in behind our defence like fast paced attack. Took it around the goalkeeper. Should have really just like delicately tapped it, but it smashed it at the crossbar again. But thankfully bounced out, and we were mm. fortunate not to find ourselves two 0 behind. That would have been so unlucky if you went two 0 <laughs> We were battering. Right? After that. Finally, we actually equalised, mate. It's like another player I've not really mentioned in the first half was Fabinho, mate. He was immense. He was just like, he's instrumental into everything we we seem to do. He's like, defensively, he controls and protects our defence. Going forward, he's involved in all the passing, script passing. Long balls, short balls. I just love the guy, mate. He's key to our midfield at the moment. Fabinho picked up the ball in the middle of the park, spread out wide to Henderson, who attempted to put in a cross early, but it, it kind of like, deflected and didn't go anywhere Fabinho again won the ball back and um, what did he do slow play down dinked in the pass over the actual Spurs defence 
on our captain on in like I think it was like the 16 yard box and Henderson used his weak foot and smashed in a lovely volley mate in against the floor fast paced past the goalkeeper into the bottom left hand corner and the cop just erupted it's like you could sense like finally 1-1 I was happy as Larry mate 1-1 and the cop were ecstatic. So a few a few just minutes later, nobody else the cop. It's only bit the ground that sings, isn't it? Really. <laughs> a few minutes later, Firmino then tried to, to find Salah on the edge of the eighteen-year box, and it was a perfectly weighted pass. But obviously, Salah's not the tallest; he, he couldn't quite get there to get the header on goal. Trent then put a long throw into the box, and it bounced awkwardly. Sanchez just flattered it; didn't know what to do, and it bounced over him into the six-yard box. Firmino like latched onto it and really should have scored. It's like one on one with the goalkeeper, perfect opportunity out of nowhere, flapped at it, still one one. Then Genie had two ch- chances in quick succession and um, where he bought down the ball down well. He wasted an opportunity where the Spurs defence just obviously like latched onto him, didn't really get a shot off. But then the ball bounced out, Robbo got a nice cross in and he should have done better of a header, so it could have been two one. We were just relentless, mate, it was like attack after attack for Liverpool. Trentman, like you touched on with um, your boy, right back, the spider, yeah. where he's very young and experienced defensively, it makes the wrong decision sometimes, whereas Trent got booked for a late challenge on um, Harry Kane. So he got a yellow card, and then he was like touch and go. It's like he was doing rash things constantly after that. So on 73 minutes, Gini broke down the Spurs attack. And then Trent played a worldie of a pass, with Mane running down and breathing down the neck of Sanchez, and obviously, is it what's his name? The Spurs defender called the right back. Is it Aurea? Yeah, Aurea. He's like absolutely terrible, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he don't want to be there. He's absolutely, te- he's absolutely bad. terrible. He's, he's got terrible. a nice, nice a bit, a bit of nice facial hair, but he's terrible. <laughs> he's got a nice facial. Um, so Mane, breathing your neck is not Mane something Sam. you want to do. <laughs> he picked up a ball, ran at Aurea, and then he kind of lost the ball somehow. Where is he? He kind of like um, cut in front of Mane. As a defender, positioned himself really well, but he didn't clear his line, did he? Mm-hmm. Flapped at it. What did Mane do? Get a second chance, locked in, and then he stepped in front of him with his standing foot, inevitably. He's, no, he didn't dive. He actually kicked the back of his leg. Took a step, then dived. No, was it, was it a genuine penalty? It was a genuine penalty. Like, he kicked the back of his leg, and he's like, I had no room to... I didn't actually see the kick. challenge also. I was Salah slightly. Yeah, yeah, he had no room to cry for anything other than a penalty. So then Salah is our penalty he steps up and he did exactly the same as what he did in the Champions League went down the middle smashed it past the Spurs keeper 2-1 mate massively deserved after all the effort we put in the first and second half it was 2-1 Liverpool mate and then the tide had turned on 84 minutes Salah came off for Gomez I said obviously he looked like he was suffering with some pain in his ankle a bit of a precaution by um, Klopp obviously wanting him to be fit for the next game and then Spurs actually had a chance later on. Danny Rose had a late chance, mate, where he cut inside our area. And if it was anybody else other than Danny Rose, it would have been 2-2. Oh, like man. if it was Ericsson, Kane, it was a perfect opportunity for him just to smash it into the bottom right-hand corner of our goal. But what did he do? Skyed it, mate. High, wide, and handsome. So we were really let off with that opportunity. And then obviously... Milner came on and what did he do? What was the first thing he contributed to our side? He got booked for a late chance on Mora. Son had another half out of chance late on, which um, Alison saved well. Whereas, like, this proves like when you've got one of your, the best goalkeepers in the world or your best goalkeeper in the club, it just adds reassurance to your defence. Where if someone smashed the ball towards a goal, like if it's Adrian or who's your backup? Sergio Romero. They're likely to either save it and it reflects out and it's happening where it calms you like. 
Control your chest, the ball. It holds it well. Reassures our defence. No goal. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well played for the well goalkeeper. Holding well played, the ball. Mate, yeah. It's absolute scene. After it went 2-1 in, in the last 10 minutes, we didn't really offer anything going forward. I think we put so much effort into the game. They looked tired, looked leggy, but we looked like in, in control. But, but Spurs, obviously, always dangerous on the counter-attack, aren't we? So all in all, mate, I'm not going to go for any more. I'm just massively... I've already been talking for three hours. Three hours. Near the end of my scroll. <laughs> I was just made up, mate. It was probably one of our best performances all season. We looked like our old self where we were playing nice intricate passing. I keep on about the triangles all the time. But we were, Not we can, those ones. We controlled the game and we scored two goals at home and we're still top of the league. Got it, got the the only get, thing I didn't it, like about this game, the only thing I didn't like about this game was that you got this prediction right. Oh, you took my glory! I'm taking your glory because <laughs> you got it right, and that puts you ahead yeah, of me. I didn't just get it right. I said it'd be two-one, and Harry Kane's gonna score. So you have to have a bonus point. In. I'm gonna ask for one. No, you're not getting one. <laughs> Denied. You have half a point. Can I? If, if we're going to add... Don't do this to add me something, you add some, and then you regret it. No, but I think maybe what we should do then is if you want to add a goal score... If you want to put it out and you add We'll get an extra half a point for it, yeah. Not from now. From now. Not now. From now. The next one. No, I'll give you it. You got it right, Kane. You give, see, this will be half powerful. a star. Right, I guarantee when we finish the season, I bet you I win it by half a point. <laughs> I'll regret this to the you day. You regret that. So what does that make it then, mate? Is it four and a half points to two? <laughs> we won't do the point five. It'd be well hard to put on the Instagram. <laughs> well, listen, I can't do it. It's just four to two. Or we should have a side side one. that If you get the goal oh, scorer fuck, right. Fuck that. No, all right. It's too difficult. Stick to it. So you're four, four to two up. I'm four to up. Four to up, mate. Did you hear that? Four to up. It's still a long season. Calm down. It is a long season. So one thing I'd take out of it, mate, the positives of that game really are Fabinho massively impressive Trent was massively impressive Mane massively impressive I think Mane got the man of the match on Sky Sports because he just caused Spurs all sorts of problems but for me Fabinho and Trent were just unreal unreal mate probably the reasons why Trent didn't get man of the match is because his defensive responsibility still let him down it's something he needs to really work on for him to be the ultimate Cafu the (laughs) the ultimate Cafu because like Going forward, you can't fault him. He's creating so many chances for the side. That the team is going goals from his chances. But defensively, he's, he's brought into the side to defend. So if he doesn't improve in that, he's not going to get to the levels we all want him to. Have Cafu. I'd rather play Gomez defensively. But going forward, you can't take him out of the side, Chancy, can you? Yeah, he's such a good player going forward. We're 45 games unbeaten at Anfield now, mate. Astounding, really. That's 35 wins and 10 draws. We haven't been beat at home in two years at Anfield, mate. Fortress Anfield. Still can't be United. <laughs> Whatever. Um, to put things into context, mate, ever since Liverpool signed Fabinho, Manny, Salon Robinson, they've never experienced a loss at Anfield. I mean, that is a mad stat. It's a good stat, and then I wouldn't expect anything less than more stats from you, but I think Fabinho was one of your best signings. At first, I think well people are unsure about him. When he first yeah. came in, like Klopp into it, he does this with a lot of the signings. He started he? off as a left-back, so that gives you a bit of promise for Trent. And Trent, yeah. He started no. off as a left-back, didn't so he? So like, with Klopp, he seems to do with all his signings. He doesn't put them into the side straight, so he seems to... Work them out. Put them in training, put them on the bench, bring them in slowly, then start. But he looked like he couldn't keep up the pace of the Premier League at first. Everyone was like, well, is he really worth the money? But pff, what if he's waiting goal, mate? 45 million is an absolute steal. 
He's, he's probably one of the so best defensive midfielders well. in, in the Premier League, isn't he? Yeah. Not the best. No, no, I think Kante's no, he's, no, he's Kante's probably still the best. In McTominay, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even in the same class. <laughs> Sorry, not yet. No. Sorry, and then other positive, mate. Since January, on the five this occasions, on the five occasions we can see the first goal, we've won four and drew one. Where do you get all your stats? This is just me researching. <laughs> <laughs> we remain patient even when going behind that's a positive okay thanks for that random we didn't panic <laughs> and then another great stat Salah has scored 50 goals mate in 58 games at Anfield that deserves a round of applause well done you made me retreat to the room <laughs> I'm back I'm back and another positive that was Henderson's first goal in four years at Anfield 500 wow. games wow captain step up <laughs> To be fair, he's not a goal scorer. Is and he? then another funny mate. Yeah, did you see? Goal, did you see Manny's interview on Sky Sports when they handed the man a match award to him? What did he say? I'm um, the Manny of the match. He said, "I want to win a league in it." It's actually one of his comments. And Henderson <laughs> looked at him as a joke because he was like, "They said like, what's your um, goal for this year?" And he went, "I want to, I want to win the league in it." Seriously, it? yeah. I was like laughing it off. Like, he seems like a, such a nice guy. Yeah. Ace. So negatives, mate. I haven't got any. Wow. The only negative is obviously we considered it conceded early, but it was our best performance all season at Anfield. We looked more like ourselves. We created so many chances. It could have been four, five, six, Seven. two, three, because defensively we're not the best at the moment. But I think inevitably we didn't look like losing that game. It was just a matter of when we would have scored. Very good. So, and then actually, one other thing I want to mention. Oh, Did you see Roy Keane? This review never ends. Did you see Roy Keane, what he said about um, Danny Rose and... Aurea, whatever his name is. Oh, fucking Did dumb, you see dumb and dumber. <laughs> dumb and dumber. Yeah. Like a car crash. That's the way he described him. Yeah, he said, uh, what did he say? The Aurea uh, thing. Oh, yeah, Rose more like dumb and dumber. Yeah, it's so he funny. some funny stuff, don't you, Keane? I actually like him. I never, yeah. I never liked him as a footballer. I thought he was a horrible bastard, but I think he, he had something to Sky Sports. That yeah. He liked Graham Sooners, him, him, Carragher, Nev. They've all got good bants. Yeah, they are. And they're honest, aren't they? A bit like um, someone we know. No, not us. No, <laughs> Yeah, so I'll stop boring over the stats, mate. Thanks for all in all, sake, it was a very impressive home win. Well done. Well done. We're now not well done for the game, just for this. But what ending. what worries me is that we've got twenty eight points, and the three teams that had the same points at this stage of the season, what did they do? Lose. Go on to win the league, and with last year we had that same stat. No, we had the same stat last year. The team at Christmas with this amount of points going on to win the league, and what do we do? We lost the league. So I hope this is an omen. A yeah, bad one, yeah. A bad one, mate. <laughs> You're going off now. I'm sorry, I just woke myself up and I'm back. So, <laughs> should we take a look ahead into next weekend's fixtures? Game yes. Fixtures? Go on then while you're on here. So, we've, you've not been talking we've obviously, for long. We've obviously got midweek fixtures, aren't we? So, you've got the, oh, so we've got the Carabao league, Cup, yeah, haven't we? So we've got the League Cup uh, coming up. We have uh, Chelsea away and you've got... We've got Arsenal home. Arsenal at home. So, obviously, we're... I think you'll take this tournament quite seriously because you want to win a bit of silverware. Yeah, the only thing is, like, I know Lampard will want to as well, so be a tough be game a tough going game to the bridge. Us. Yeah, yeah, be a tough game that I just think you aren't asked. Now we've got other things to think about, but it's a good opportunity for the young kids to come in potentially and stamp their authority on trying to break into the first team. Yeah, but we'll see. Arsenal probably beat us, mate. If I'm honest. But um, at, at the weekend, who've you boys got? So going, we're the early kickoff on Saturday. We've got Bournemouth away. If you look at our Instagram, we put on a little, just like a little image and a little 
like synopsis about the game before it goes up. I got the wrong weekend, and I put on that we were playing Bournemouth. Schoolboy. Man United fans zero uh, twenty. It's like a big United fan page, like thirty thousand followers. Pulled me up on it. They were like, <laughs> Surprisingly, they were like, "Bro, we're playing Norwich." I was like, "Oh no, absolute amateur." So Unfollowed. I hastily deleted it and then put on the proper one that was meant to put on. But we've got Bournemouth. I think last season we beat them two one. We usually do all right at Bournemouth. Is it away? Is yeah, that... it's about just... it's a tough time, yeah. mate. It's... We usually do all right there. You know, we usually win. We usually score a couple of goals at Bournemouth. So <laughs> famous last words. <laughs> yeah, I know. I shouldn't have said it really, but. Hopefully we can just keep it going and keep the momentum going and play in a way where we want to go and score and beat teams and finish teams off. That's our main thing. We've scored first in so many games this season and just not been able to see the games out and either changed our playing style or let teams back in through our own negativity or our own mistake. So... Hopefully we can go there. And, and again, like I said before, if we play like we did against Norwich, I, I won't have a problem. I think we'll be all right. Well, they're not... Bournemouth aren't exactly in goal-scoring form at the moment, are they? No, they're they're not, they're nil-nil nil draws, aren't they? Many. Yeah, I think, what did you say, this game week they drew one they drew, all, didn't they? I think yeah, it was so. nil-nil, I think it was. So, what's your prediction, mate? Um, so, to predict it, I'm going to stay with two goals because I feel that we always score two at Bournemouth. I'm going to, uh, I hate predicting because I feel like you're jinxing yourself, aren't you? I'm going to say 2-0. 2-0's in the bag, in the kit bag, mate. Put that in the kit bag. I'm going to be surprisingly optimistic for United and say you're going to win your third consecutive away win. 9-0. And I'm going to say... 14-0. 7-0. I'm going to say... 18 0 4-1. 4-1? I'm going for United 4-1 victory. Jesus. Optimistic. Momentum, Do you mate. want to actually take this prediction seriously? I'm feeling confident for you, mate. I'm feeling confident. Okay, thanks. I'm getting a vibe. Okay. And then you might get beat 4 1, hopefully. <laughs> mate, as long as I'm not getting that Ronaldo haircut at the end of the season, I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw goal scorers out there as well. Oh, he's going for... No, we're not doing extra points. I'm just going to throw it out there, though. Oh, okay. Just for Fred. No. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna go for a Rashford hat trick. Jesus. Throw it out there. Okay, so we're going swiftly on. moving on from that terrible prediction. Yeah, that's that's a shock. Absolutely terrible prediction. We're playing Villa on Saturday away. So Villa have been in form recently. Haven't they? They've been playing quite well. Got a few decent results recently. Mm. We'll be too strong for him, and I think we're going to win one nil. Thought you were going to go. <laughs> we're going to be too strong for these. Well, I mean, we're too strong for him, but it's where's it at? At Villa. Is it at Villa? Yeah, I think we'll sneak a one nil victory. Be a tight game because they'll be dogged and put a lot of effort into it. The home fans are behind them, but I think we'll snatch it. It'll be a surely, smash and grab. Surely a battering Villa. I think a smash and grab. It'll be late on as well. One nil going Villa for Villa have been doing alright. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're strong at the moment. Defensively, Mings has been immense, hasn't he? Grealish is on fire. Mm, true, true. All true statements. I'm gonna call randomly. I'm gonna call a one-all draw. Let's put it out there. Not a bad prediction, mate. There we go. So a one nil and a one all. They're in the bag. Let's hope I can redeem myself and try and get this gap yeah. closed. Because if you go ahead even further, I'll be devastated. Yeah. So is that is that it for this week, mate? Have we nailed it? We've nailed the show. We've nailed the show. We've nailed it. Ten, so, ten weeks in, we're still sat here, still debating, still loving football. Well, I am now. I'm allowed to now. Though not be for reason. The beautiful before. game is beautiful again for you, mate. It's becoming beautiful. 
swiftly knocked down by Bournemouth now. But no. Yeah, that is the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for sitting through Lee's review there. That took us a took while. It took us a while. Sorry about <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but yeah, no, cheers. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to leave us a little five-star review, that would be amazing and we would love it. It really helps us be more visible, as I say every week. And I'm sorry for begging. Begging. <laughs> begging for the reviews. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to do that, that's, that's awesome. So thank you very much. If you want to contact us or anything and, and just talk to us about any of the debates or agree or disagree with anything that we've said, um, or even give us a topic you want us to talk about, or even say, hey, that review is too longly. Why would you do that? <laughs> Make then it shorter. You, then you can uh, drop us an email at redsiderivals at gmail.com or we're on social media and we're at Redside Rivals, uh, Instagram and Twitter and Redside Rivals Social on Facebook. Thanks very much to Mr. Will Rice for our musical theme at the start of the show and that is everything for game week 10 we'd just like to say we'll see you on game week 11 we'll see you in game week 11 when I get my predictions right we'll see you on game week 11 for leagues to go 5-2 behind 4-4 <laughs> thanks very much for listening everybody and uh, we'll see you next week take it easy everyone <laughs>